chaos. Let's go. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt, aka Legion X, and welcome back to an episode of The Gap. I'm your host. With me, I have my co-host Shane, aka the beautiful one. How are you doing today, Shane? For context, um, we just recorded an intro for this episode, um, but. I'm actually surprised because I hasn't done this in so long. My Discord just went kaplooey. So we had to redo it. This is the new one. We're going with it. Chaotic energy. Deal Fuck it. it. Fuck it. This is fucking... With me, I also have my ghost, Spencer. How are you doing today, Spencer? I'm not doing the fucking bit again. Don't no. worry. It's fine. It's fine. Anime. Nobody cares about chasm. Okay, let's move on. We're moving on. That's my fucking bit. It's just making baby noises and going a scoopity doo. The gap. A scoopity poop. A poopity scoop. Alright. Jesus Christ. Chaotic energy. Yeah, let's just move on. Let's just go straight into things. We have a wonderful podcast planned for y'all today. It's if it fucking works. Um, we have uh, our simulcast discussion. We have a uh, some simul pubs. You have a lot of news because in the past couple of weeks there was a lot of news that came out because we're in the lead of the anime expo. So the next couple of podcasts are going to be pretty news heavy. So please bear with us as we try to cover as much as we can. And of course, our featured anime of the podcast, which is D Gray Man, uh, specifically the first twenty six episodes, uh, which compromises the first season of the show. So, uh, is everyone ready to go? I'm ready. To, I'm ready to bust a nut. Disgusting. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> let's move on to simulcast. Now we are in our final. A uh, couple weeks before the simulcasts, and by the next podcast, we will be in the summer 2022 season, which I am very, which uh, we're all very excited for because it looks very good. Uh, so let's, uh, uh, which means that it's time for seasonal awards, as per usual with these things. Is everyone ready to go for seasonal awards? I got my list. Hell mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, your list. All right, as per expected, as usual, we're gonna be starting. With best animation chain in a season with had a lot of shows that were very impressive from an animation standpoint. What show impressed you the most animation wise this season? Dance Dance Dancier. You know what? Excellent choice. Excellent choice. Not my choice, but excellent choice. Leave it to fucking Mappa, who go ham in every project they ever do, including ballet. Because the ballet segments in this show look fucking incredible like just the the fluidity of motion the attention to detail the amount of frames they put into each scene each drawing it's it, it's ridiculous but also i don't think it's just that i think that also the character acting and a lot of the the slower moments also look very good from an animation perspective there's a lot of great expressive character movements here um, and overall, it, overall, it's just a great looking show, and it didn't really blow me at like it didn't really catch me by surprise because Mappa. But for the ballet show, I wasn't expecting them to go this hard. It's a hot blooded shonen with ballet, which is with awesome. ballet. Also, men can do ballet. Don't be an asshole. Don't be gender norms. 
fucking blow. Ah, uh, they suck. Uh, but yeah, Don Stars also is great. It's actually one of my favorites of the season. So if you have, if anyone has not seen it, because it is severely underwatched this season, not a lot of people were talking about it. Not even Jeff, I don't think was Jeff. I don't think even Jeff mentioned it. No, um, he didn't. Um, so like, yeah, it's severely underwatched. Everyone should go watch it if they can. It's a great show. Uh, Spencer, what was your what's your pick for best animation of the season? Uh I didn't actually watch that many shows this season, so I'm going to go with, honestly, probably Executioner. Yeah. Uh, Executioner was good, but I don't know if it would be my favorite. I mean, okay. Mm, yeah, no, the, the animation's... Mm. You know what? Okay, I got it. I'm going to lock it in. I'm saying bye, family. Which is that's, my pick as well. That's the easy Spy choice. <laughs> well, yeah. my Spy Family's mine because I Spy Family's mine because this has the best character animation of the season by Spy far. Family. They by far. They snapped on Anya, man. <laughs> they no, not just Anya. Just like in general, like okay, so Spy Family makes a good case. Like normally, when you see two studios on a show, it's never a good thing. Because uh, that usually means it had a hellish production. Spy Family didn't know, and I think this makes a good case for like how a good, solid production team between two studios can actually really improve a show. Because mm -hmm. um, this show looks phenomenal from start to finish. I don't think there's an ep I don't think there's any dip in quality throughout its entire run. I nope. think it's consistently stellar to look at. I still like like even like even into like its most recent episodes, it still looks stellar with the volleyball with like the whole dodgeball. The, the dodgeball bit. episode is fucking wild. It's so wild and just the that incredible soccer gun moment of Anya throwing the ball, um, and then not throwing it because she's a, a baby. Yeah, um, baby can't do anything. Uh, and I just so like, but just in general, Spy Family, I think is the is in terms of animation is the best looking show of the season. Like, it's not really a contest, frankly. It's pretty. It, it's like it's like Spy Family, Kaguya and Dance Dancer as like the second, and like everything else. Like, it's pretty much like those three, and like it's not even a contest that Spy Family is a leagues above the other two. Uh. All right, so, you just, so Spencer, you agree with Spy Family, or? I mean, pretty much, yeah. Show just real nice looking. Ha has a nice crisp art style to it. Has, uh, when things move, or there's action, or there's no action, they all have the same amount of care and dedication to their work. Uh, and it's just, it's a really pretty show without being, like, overtly, you know, overly stylized. It's just a nice looking anime. It really is. Um, so let's move on to uh, animes that may have surprised us this season, uh, because sometimes some things will come out of nowhere and kind of shock us with their quality. Spencer, I think I know which one you're going to pick for most surprising, so let's get you out of the way first. What yeah, is your I most mean, surprising show of the season? There, there was a couple. I, I can genuinely, this was a surprising season for me. So, you know, there was Executioner, which surprised me with its quality. There was... Um, I'm going to quit heroing, 
which surprised me with its quality. But I have to give it to, once again, Spencer's W, motherfucking Birdie Wing. This is my pick as well. Birdie Wing is absolutely my pick as well. I don't, know if it Shane's. Girls. I don't know if it's Shane's. It should be Shane's. It is not, but it was a very close runner-up. Yeah, no. Birdie Wing's my pick because nobody could have picked... Going into the season, I did not expect Birdie Wayne to make my top three. So, just like, just like with with Bunny Girl, when I first picked it, I picked it as a as a joke because it it just seemed so genuinely stupid, so mind bogging mind bogglingly inept in its description, and it is stupid, but it revels in its stupidity, and it revels in its its fucking insane premise it's bonkers balls to the wall premise and i've said it every single time i've talked about it but more so than anything what surprised me about this was the genuine heart and passion that went into this production it doesn't feel phoned in it feels like the person who who made this and the people who were on the the production team genuinely care about what they're doing. And that's really surprising when you have something this stupid. And there's, like, so much going on behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, with our main characters, with our side characters. They, j I'm an episode or two behind on most of my shows, but this... But they just I introduced the caddy, and now they have fucking golf, like, superpowers? Yeah, they do. They have... They, they have special attacks... They have special attacks with golf, and it's rad as shit. It's so cool. It's so cool. And that's the show in a nutshell, is it's so cool. Yeah, yeah, I love this show. It's one of my favorites of the season. It's going to come go down as maybe one of my favorites of the year. Uh, it is absolutely fantastic. It looks great, sounds great. Uh, the cast is stellar. I love how ridiculous and bonkers it is. It's just a blast of a time. Uh, Shane, though, what was your most surprising show of the season? I gotta, I gotta give it up. I gotta give props to ya boy, Kong Ming. I almost picked this too. Uh, I just picked Same. Birdie Wing because Birdie Wing was more like kind of like how the what the fuck did this come from? Fucking ya, the boy Kong Ming's so good. <laughs> ya boy, Kong motherfucking Ming. Literally, when I heard the concept of the show and how it was a reverse isekai of a feudal Chinese warlord brought to modern-day Japan to become a hype man for a Japanese singer. I was like, I was ready to shit on this show. I was ready to meme on it. I'm like, no way. That's, that's stupid. I mean, that's just stupid. <laughs> and then, lo and behold, Kong Ming turns out to be a fucking bro. <laughs> and, like, it's just, it's the fact that it's extremely smartly written. Like, it's intelligent in the way it utilizes its premise, which I was not expecting at all. Um, the production values are actually really co good, like really which solid is, animation. Not surprising, too, because it's PA works. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, soundtrack's a bop. But just like... The fact that they get so much out of this concept and then it keeps escalating and escalating and it keeps going further and further, but it never devolves into that meme territory. Sure, you can meme on this show, but I am not unironically 
memeing. I, I'm not ironically <laughs> memeing on it. Like, yeah, I, you don't meme at it, you meme with it. Yeah, you meme yeah, for it. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, it's just so smartly written, and the characters are great, and, like, the, the premise is stupid, but goddamn, they get so much out of it. It's just, it's so good. And I... And, of course, that OP's a bop. OP might be best of the year. It's it's up there. It's up there. It's up there. It's up there. It's so good. It's every t- so good. You know, you know, you have an OP of the year contender where every time you hear it, you just gotta get up and dance to it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with every surprising, must come a disappointment. And there were a couple of shows this season that were just kind of stinkers. Uh, Spencer, what was your biggest disappointment of the season? Uh, probably, oh god, I fucking dropped it, that's how much of a disappointment it was, uh, whatever the, the fucking badminton one was. Love All Play. Love All Love Play, all play yeah. yeah. Love All Play, yeah. Uh, I watched, but this, this disappointed me too. I watched an episode, and I was like, okay, and then I watched another episode and nothing happened, and I'm just like... <sighs> it's gonna be one of these. <laughs> I was, I dropped it after two episodes, because I was like, it's not gonna get better, and... I was riding the high of Salaryman's Club, which rules, and it was awesome, and that's why I was like, okay, maybe Badminton has won me over, and then I watched this, and I'm like, never mind. Just watch Hanebato, dude. Just watch Hanebato. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to. Mm-hmm. He'll do that. Uh, he'll do that. Joe was uh, just boring. It wasn't even bad. It was just boring. Damn. Shane, what was your pick for most disappointing of the season? I'm not going to say love all play. We'll get to that. But <laughs> I, I will go the opposite end and go with the other sports show that I was very hyped for that didn't really hit for me. And that's Awashi. This is my pick, too, specifically because it is a it is it's, a soccer show. IG. How? OK, it's not a bad show by any means. Honestly, it's pretty. OK, it's good for what it is. But compared to IG's pedigree with sports shows, this is a kind of a disappointment. This is not as good as I was hoping it would be. It, it does not live up to the pedigree of the stuff they put out. It's nowhere near it. And that alone just makes it a stinker in my eyes. Show's fine otherwise, but the fact that it's an IG show and it's just so mid makes it hurt way more. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is, is that I have seen soccer anime done well. I am a fan of Captain Tsubasa. So I know, yeah. yeah, I know it can be done well. And like, soccer is a, spo- soccer is a sport that on paper, sounds perfect for an anime because you can do some weird, wacky foot shit. Um, yeah. uh, but the problem with Al Ashi is not that the characters are bad. The characters are good. It's got a decent, it's got a decent grasp on how to actually structure episodes. Like the show is a pretty good show by all means. It's just that it also looks like a slideshow compared to other IG shows. It's Ooh. not animated as well as you would think it would be, and that kills a lot of it. I wish it looked a lot better. And especially considering the fact that Production IG did Haikyuu and Kuroko no Basket and Run with stuff. the Wind and yeah, numerous just... other shows like this that look so good. But they also did, um, what was the other one they did? Um, that wasn't the Welcome, they did Welcome to the Ballroom as well, which isn't technically sports, but has that structure and mm-hmm. also looks amazing. 
Um, so, like, I don't know what the hell happened here. Maybe it was just a bad production. Maybe just, like, an inexperienced director because they had a new director work on this. Um, so, who knows? But, yeah, this is that was my pick for most disappointing as well. Um, now, now, there are some shows that we watch not because they're good, but because they are immensely entertaining no matter how bad they can get. Spencer, what's your guilty pleasure of the season? I mean, it's it's still Birdie Wing. Birdie Wing's actually good, though. Yes, but I didn't watch anything that's, like, explicitly bad. Oh, no, no, sorry, what am I saying? First off, it's not explicitly bad. However, I, I forgot because it started so early and ended before everything else. How can I forget fucking A Stab Life? I was, I was, I was, I was wondering when I you were going to bring that up. I genuinely did forget about it because it started so, so early and I've been, like, really busy. Yeah, no, A Stab Life. Fucking Goro Taniguchi, his vision is insane. The man's fucking bonkers. But the show's really good, and, like, nobody gave it a chance. Absolutely nobody. Um, what can I say? There is episode after episode of this podcast that I went through episodes of this and explained it to you. And even I felt insane explaining the concept of these episodes. Honestly, week to week, every time you talked about a stab life, I felt like I was listening to the ramblings of a drug-addled man just, like, clinging on to sanity. And I mean... Yeah, pretty accurate, all things considered. Um... It's just fucking... Insane. It's just... Almost, it, it, it's one of those shows that's like, you have to fully watch it to understand it, because it's that bonkers. Because it's, it, it is a 3D CG show that doesn't look bad, because it's done by Polygon, who did Nice as Um So it's not actually really bad-looking CG, because they stick with CG. Everybody is CG. There's no 2D jankness. So the show looks fine. It has a really interesting story about how, like, people are trapped in clusters of, like, like-minded people, and they're all controlled by an AI, and it's, it's, it's pretty dope. Um, the characters are fun. There's a wolf man who doesn't speak. All he goes, all, all he says is bark, bark, woof, woof, awoo. Um, and it just keeps on going and going, and it's, it's genuinely insane, and I love it. But, uh... It's, it's a real shame that, like, nobody else watched it. Yeah. Shane, what's your pick for... What's your guilty pleasure of the season? Oh, I'm 100% going to say Birdie Winged. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me preface that it is not a bad guilty pleasure. It is quite possibly the best guilty pleasure I can possibly give. Because, man, this show is stupid and out there and wacky. But God fucking damn, it is so good. Unironically, peak fiction. Peak fiction, indeed. That's why I can't peak name it my fiction. guilty pleasure. Because uh, it's peak fiction. However, I know mine. Uh, which is this show, uh, I, I'm the only one who watched this show. And probably for good reason, because it's honestly not great. Uh, but I have a ton of fun with it. And it's a couple of cuckoos. 
Um, I think this show is a blast, and it's this this show is the trashiest show you can imagine. I was gonna uh, ask, is this show even good? Uh, okay. Uh, I don't. I think by every possible metric, uh, you could have a debate on whether or not it's good, and actually lean one way or the other depending on your preferences. It's animated very well. So at the very least, it has that. It like that's unequivocally great about it, and I like the characters. So honestly, this is the kind of show where the characters are the, the where the characters are really likable, and the animation is really good, and that's all you really need for this kind of show. Especially when you found when because involved when, when you figure out what its premise is, uh, and you're like, okay, yeah, it's gonna be this kind of show. Um, and it's, but it's fun. I, I def I enjoy it. And it's going into next season too. It's a double core. So I'm very happy oh, to see okay. it continue. Yeah. It's 24. Um, which is actually makes sense because the, uh, cause it's because the, uh, cause, uh, where are, because it started kind of late. It started on the 24th. Uh, so, uh, but I'm very excited, but I'm, I'm looking forward to more. I uh, probably will win guilty pleasure next season as well. Unless something else comes out. That's just like, what the fuck? Um, but speaking of what the fuck, uh, let's talk about our worst of the season. Shane, what anime you crowned the biggest stinker of the season? I, uh, I mentioned this earlier. I kind of gave a hint at this. Uh, it's Love All Play. It's, it's not even that it's bad. But when I look at the list of shows that I watched this season, it's easily the worst. And that is only coupled with the fact that I remember nothing about this show. It's one of those. Like, it's not bad, it's competently made, but it leaves zero lasting impression. I don't even remember who the fucking characters are. I don't remember their names. I just remember there was some badminton, and it was pretty mid-badminton at best, so. Sucks, su sucks to suck, dude. Really does. Sucks to suck. Sucks to suck indeed. Spencer, what is mm -hmm. your worst of the season? I don't have one. Oh, I because, have one. Because I, I refuse to admit that all, all of play uh, exists and is an anime. Just, I just refuse it was mm -hmm. just a it was just a, a fever dream that me and Shane shared. Um but hey, Salaryman Club, if you finish that, that was a pretty dope ending. Just watch that instead. Like, just watch that instead. Just don't waste your time. Just go straight for Salaryman. Fuck. Honeybotto first, why not? Yeah, watch yeah. Honeybotto, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh my words of the season. Goes to one a show that I've seen that I watched one episode of and dipped uh, because I noted because I saw what it looked like and I'm like I can't do this for like 13 episodes. Is it the I horse can't racing one? Oh. Fanfare of adolescence. Uh oh boy. Okay, Man, so I can't believe I actually put this on my list at one point. All right, all right, all right. I I watched like one. Okay, Just keep in mind that I've watched one episode of this, and I have heard it gets a bit better as the show progresses. However, when the horses look like that, <laughs> I do not want. I do not care uh, because it look this show looks abysmal. It looks awful. One of the worst animated shows of the year so far by a by a good margin. 
Uh, with maybe the only things beating it being fucking rusted armors or whatever the fuck. Uh, because that show just looks like dog piss. It was rusted armors, by the way. Yeah, I was, okay, I got the name right. You uh, did. Uh, <laughs> fucking, uh, but Fanfare of Adolescence is not only that it has horses that look like Wendigos, um, but it also uh, is painfully boring. Uh, which is the worst kind of crime. It's bi- it is, you know, it is somehow, from what I understand, it's supposed it's 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 technically an original, but it's also supposed to be kind of like half like it's like a half horse racing, half idol thing. Uh, because the main character is like an idol who wants to leave the idol industry because he wants to become a horse racer. Um, so it's like half an idol show, half a horse, like the half a horse racing thing. So imagine Shane, Shane, I want you to imagine bad horse racing animation and the idol animation we're used to in one show. Excellent. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I was excited for the show. Like I read, I read the synopsis, and I was like, "Damn, that sounds kind of cool." I dodged a fucking bullet, I guess. You did, uh, because uh, I heard it gets better. I don't care to find out unless we get it on the podcast as a randomizer, frankly. Or yeah. if I'm just bored one day and I just say, "Fuck it, watch the whole thing," because no me, I'll probably do, end up doing that at some point. Watch, uh, but watch good stuff. I watched good stuff. There's a lot of other stuff this season that was bad that I didn't bother watching. I heard that the new Black Rock shooter was fucking abysmal, um, but that got uh, that got picked up by Disney Plus, so we didn't get it. So it won't be here until it's until probably the end of the year. Um, and so, uh, fucking uh, and uh, you know, no fucking. And I have also been told that uh, that the greatest demon lord was also very bad um but i didn't watch that either because i'm sick and tired of those kinds of shows yeah, I just who could have seen that it. coming yeah um, but but the demon lord is so powerful but he's kind of goofy oh he's so goofy uh, and he's bored because he's so powerful, so he gets yeah. reincarnated, and then everyone still loves him anyways for some reason. We have one of those coming out next season. It's called fucking... It's called My Ass. It's called My uh, Ass. No, I wish a so... plague upon your family. <laughs> no, although there is a shit... We, we are in, because I was checking any chart, it is fucking Isekai Central next season. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, funsies. Okay. Um, but uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. But now it's time for the real treat. Best of the season. Spencer, what is your best show? What's your anime of the season? Which one's the best of the best that you um, would recommend to people? There's only one answer here, dude. There's really only one answer, honestly. Uh, probably Executioner, honestly. Executioner. Yeah. I'd say Executioner in Her Way of Life. All right. Why Executioner in Her Way of Life? So, this is actually tough, because I didn't watch a single bad anime for more than an episode th- this season, and I it's really difficult for me to pick. Like, I could go Kongming, because I think Kongming is incredible, and I think everybody should, should, should watch it. I can go Kaguya, because Kaguya continues to get better and better with every single season. I can go Spy Family, you know? 
I can go fucking a stab life if I wanted to. I didn't watch anything bad. But when I think greatest of, of, of this season, I think show that everybody needs to watch. It's 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 that good or it's that impressive. And Executioner and her way of life a hundred percent is that show for me. It's it it's it it's an isekai that's worth actually giving a shit about, which is rare. And the story is really, really fascinating. What they do, what they subvert, um, the magic system is easy to understand, but still complicated enough to feel like magic. The characters are really well uh, acted and voiced um, in the sub. Um, it just... it. It has all the ingredients of, like, this really good stew. But I feel like because of its genre, it's going to be passed up for things that people already like and already know, like Spy Family or like um, Kaguya. And I think that Executioner deserves that look purely for its consistent quality through every single episode. Alrighty. Shane, what's your anime of the season? Man, I can't believe one man can have such horrible opinions because it's Spy Family! Spy Family, baby! This is my pick, too, because I, thought I loved that You were going to say One Piece. I mean, okay, 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 I mean, okay. I, I mean, like, okay, he's, not, it, it, he's not wrong. Yeah. Um, uh, Spy Family, by the way, is my favorite show of the year so far. Yeah. So. Yeah, like if a spy family is currently my is currently my anime of the year, that will change when mob hits. That but... will change when mob hits. <laughs> yeah, the dub also when... whips. By the way, dub is incredible. Dub is incredible. That's dub why I'm is fucking again. phenomenal. Who voices Anya in the dub? Megan because... Shipman. Megan Shipman. Yeah. She does an incredible job. She sounds exactly like the Japanese performance. It's ridiculous. Uh. I, fucking, I was watching something like a clip of the dub on TikTok, and I thought it was the Japanese for a second. She, she sounds so much like Anya in Japanese. Uh, it's fucking nuts. But in any case, Spy Family is great because it literally has everything you would want in a show. It's pretty much like the perfect, the perfect show in a lot of ways. Uh just in every like in every sense of the word, I the animation's fantastic across the board. Uh, all three of our leads are likable and all have equal screen time. It is very much a family ensemble. Uh, it's not like it's not like oh Lloyd is the main character or Anya is the main character or Yor is the main character. All three of them get pretty much equal amounts of screen time. And all three of them have kind of separate storylines that constantly intertwine. And my favorite thing about Spy Family is how it both simultaneously feels like the best kind of slice of life show you can imagine, while also an actually very well thought out, intricate spy thriller. Like a legitimate, very, very good spy thriller with all the mm -hmm. betrayals and mysteries and double crosses that you would expect from that kind of genre. Uh, and that to me is a really delicate balancing act that is very difficult to pull off correctly. And they do an amazing fucking job with it. Shane, go on, talk about Spy Family, because I know you want to. 
I, I just really like Spy Family, dude. Like, I don't even think I can really say anything that millions upon millions of other people haven't already said yet. Spy Family is one of the privileged. Spy Family has had an exponential boom in popularity thanks to this anime. It's reaching, like, Demon Slayer levels. And I think that's amazing because the show fucking deserves it. And it's like, so much different than this anime that normally get that popular too, which I think mm-hmm. is awesome. Like, yeah, it's got it's got your big action beats, and yeah, it is technically a shonen, but a lot of what makes Spy Family great is the quieter, more interpersonal family drama. And I think my favorite thing about Spy Family is how this family, the Forger family. You can it's even in the name. It's a forgery. It's a fake family. But as time progresses and they spend more time with each other. They start to warm up to each other. They start to see each other as actual family and a lot of their preconceived notions, a lot of their biases and things like that just start to fall to the wayside. Like, Lloyd is this cold-hearted spy, always has his eye on the prize, never fails, never falters on a mission. He falters so much in this show because he wants to be there for Anya. He wants to be a good dad to Anya. He wants to support Yor as her husband. And you can see that with Yor and Anya, too. Like, one's a spy, one's an assassin, one's a telepath, but they're just, at the end of the day, they're just people. They're people who came together under strange circumstances, but in the end, learned to become a family for one another. And that's, man, kudos, kudos to this show, man. Just goddamn. Spy Spy Family is so good. It makes me want to have kids. (laughs) Like it's like it's that kind. It is the kind of show that it, it, it is the best form of like. Uh, it it is it is the perfect show uh, for Japan right now, who desperately needs to have kids, according yeah. to Prime Minister Abe. Uh, <laughs> well, he's no longer Prime Minister, but yeah, ex Prime Minister yeah, Shinzo Prime Minister. Abe, former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, and the entire Japanese culture says, "Have kids, please. We don't want this entire this fucking the- race to die." <laughs> Spy Family is literally the best form of propaganda for that because it will literally make you. I want to have a kid because Anya go. is like the cutest motherfucker to ever live. Go Anya, out, get a wife, Anya, fuck, have kids, be happy. Better than that, don't even fuck because that's that's immoral. Instead, find a random woman and offer to be to wed her with a uh, pin from a grenade, with a pin from a grenade, and also adopt a random child who just so adopt. happens to be a telepath. I love how so Anya. Six years old, but also not six years old. She's actually I think she's five. like five. She's five, but the the reason why she said six was because she read Lloyd's mind, and when he said, "I'm looking for a six year old," or he thought it, so she's like, "Oh, I'm six. Bring me home. I love peanuts and spy fam and spy fiction, and I'm just a kid who can read all your minds, and all of you are terrifying me because I know exactly who you are." My mom. Well, I don't think. No, she does. She doesn't find them terrifying. She finds the entire situation the coolest thing she's ever seen in her life. True. Like, she is, literally gets is, Lloyd and Yor together because she's like, "Wait a minute, 
that's a spy. That's an assassin. Yo, if both of them were my parents, that'd be dope as shit. <laughs> I, I love, okay, two, two more things I want to talk about with Spy Family. One, the fact that Anya's just a telepath, but don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. And two, the fact that the entire time any other child would be horrified, but Anya's just like, this is fucking rad. I am here for this. Either and of these people could get me killed at any moment, but I am living for it. Anya has zero brain cells. Like, she, she has negative brain cells, dude. Yeah, like, she brings home her tests and she fails all of them. <laughs> and she doesn't she care because is... she's just so proud that she gets to go to school. She gets to go to school with her papa and her mama. And and also, Lloyd Forger is the coolest fucking character ever. He's, I love Lloyd. He has the best design. Who, uh, I forget who voices him in the dub. Alex Oregon. Um, Alex uh, Oregon fucking rocks it out of the park. Just yeah. incredible. Uh, Frankie rules. Uncle Frankie's great. Uncle Frankie is a fucking G. Man's, uh, yeah. man's rented Frankie. an entire castle just to make Anya happy. Just to make Anya happy, because Uncle Frankie un 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 understands not just the mission, not just Operation Strix, but also you gotta make the kid happy because we like the kid. Kid's good. Yeah, like fucking Doc. The show's so good. Um, but yeah, and that was our seasonal awards. Uh, next podcast, we will talk about some of the shows that we're looking forward to next season, uh, which there is quite a bit. But we'll talk about that next podcast. And let's move on to Simul Pubs. Shane, is there anything All right, you want to so talk let's about talk about One Piece. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about One Piece. Uh, so the the final chapter for One Piece comes out, that final chapter before it goes on to hiatus comes out tomorrow as we're recording this however it has come out for sc the scans have come out for it um i don't know if shane has looked at the scans. oh yes i have okay and then we can we'll talk about that because i have because i have zero self-control um oh my man buggy buggy failed upwards he literally Failed upwards. Buggy moving man. up in the world, man. Man no, became okay. an emperor for doing literally nothing. Okay, can we talk? Okay, 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 okay. Because he became an emperor. But the last time we saw Buggy, he was part of the warlords and he was getting attacked by the marines, which means that... He beat the he... marines, dude. How did he beat them? Buggy just finds a way. Okay, but, well, he also had, do you think his army did it for him? Because he has, like, a massive following at this He probably point. had, he, his fleet probably defeated the Marines for him, and of course, in typical buggy fashion, he took all the credit, and then that made his reputation skyrocket, and then they made him a warlord. He made him a, made him a fucking emperor. Oh, fucking he made him an emperor. emperor. Which means that, are we gonna see, like, a buggy versus I Luffy rematch during the final arc? What if the final fight is Luffy versus Buggy? No, it can't be, dude. It fucking can't. Not when we haven't found Shanks yet. It can't. It's gotta be. They, they gotta do it now. Like they it's have gotta to do it, but it's now. not gonna be the final fight. No, no, no. Shanks. You think Shanks is gonna be the final fight? I think Shanks is the last opponent. Like who? No. Who better? I, who better no. to be the the obstacle at the end? than the one who set us off on this journey to begin with. I mean, yours make more sense, but it would be fucking funny if It'd it was be Buggy. be hilarious. 
It feel it would be hilarious. If it was Buggy Gear Five Luffy versus Buggy the Clown. Gear Six Buggy. <laughs> Buggy was able to unlock his hidden gears and is now uber powerful. Buggy has Conqueror's hockey. You know what? At this point, he might as well. We don't know if he does or not. Uh, fucking, he's an emperor, so who the fuck knows? We're gonna I find. Also- I also just Buggy's realized Buggy's full name is like Buggy D Clown. I swear to fucking Christ, bro. I swear to God. I also just realized now that he's emperor status, his bounty has to be over a billion. No, but much to his delight, I would imagine. I think he like, would he would stroke himself off to that. That he would be so fucking happy. I'm so happy for Buggy though. Buggy is legitimately one of my favorite characters in this manga. Uh, just because I love how he fails upwards consistently. Yeah. He trips um, up those fucking stairs, bro. He's like he's like God Usopp if Usopp didn't earn the term God Usopp. Because Usopp absolutely earned the yeah. title God Usopp. Buggy Buggy is just Buggy. a dude Buggy's, who just became an emperor. <laughs> Buggy's career path is the clip of Marcy falling down the stairs, but in reverse. She fell down a flight of stairs, bro. She fell down a flight of stairs. Lol, <laughs> rip. <laughs> Fuck. But yeah, uh, but uh, outside of that, there's a bunch of other stuff uh, that happened as well. They revealed the new bounties. New bounties. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure Luffy's kids and laws are the same now. I could be wrong. I think um, it was. I think it was three bill each. Yeah. Uh, I know, yeah, because I know kids went up like up exponentially. Because, because, well, Law and Kid both beat. Yeah, because um, they yeeted Big Mom into a fucking pool Big of lava. Mom, pool lava, and then Luffy did the same to Kaido. Did the fu- um, um, uh, the other thing that stood out to me though uh, was everything with Hawkins. Um, uh, so Hawkins is dead. You think he's really dead? Yeah, I actually do. Um, uh, because he dies on screen. That's the big difference. Uh, One Piece has historically, if a character dies on screen, they're usually dead, dead. As we see the body. So I think, I actually do legitimately think Hawkins is dead. I think I, I, and his purpose has been served in the story as well. I can't, if, if he stays alive, it would not make any sense as to why he would stay around. His purpose is done and his character arc and the final his final moments are, are are in such a way that make a ton of sense that okay yeah this this feels like a end, good end for him uh, can't wait for him piss. to show up again rest, in a hundred chapters rest in piss he will you he rest in piss he will not be missed um that's mean uh fuck it well hawkins is an asshole i don't like him so why is he an asshole what did he do he sold all of them out and he was part of kaido he's a pirate you act like that's to kill law he's a pirate oda is has trained you to expect these motherfuckers to be loyal and noble he's a fucking pirate oh calm down Oh boy! That's what they're fucking named for, dude! They go yo-ho-ho in a bottle of rum and then they smash it over somebody's head! And then they fucking shank him a couple times! Speaking of shank, 
red-haired motherfucking Shanks over here has a kid that's not canon, that was best friends with Luffy that's not canon, go see the movie when it comes out in theaters in, I don't know, August or something like that. Right? August? Yep. Yeah, August. Yeah. Okay, August, cool. So, like... What, you expect a man, a literal straw man, mind you, because that's what the fucking libs want you to think. You want, you, you want him to be a pirate and not be a douchebag? You gotta, this is a world that has a dinosaur man, a man that turns into a castle, a man with no blind spots, because there are no blind spots on a cube, and, um, and a, a fucking uh, pigeon that wears a uh, tie and a nice top hat. And you expect the pirate to not be a good guy? Come on. Okay. Man. Come on. Okay. I, but my counterpoint is that he's a snake. Oh, un understandable. Never mind then. My, my, I was not expecting a lost village level freak out over One Piece from Spencer. <laughs> over, Hawkins, over Hawkins, a character who absolutely does not deserve your sympathy because he's a dickhead. No. I mean, and he can agree with me. I mean, listen. He probably 100% is. However, it has been a while since I've had some sort of, like, reaction to something. And that was the least forced I could get while not being, while still being genuine. Because <laughs> fucking Oda has, has trained One Piece fans to, like, think of pirates as, like, these noble beings. Meanwhile, they were all just massive dickheads. Most of the pirates in real life and also probably in One Piece, are kind of dickheads. But we do like our group of dickheads. That are, but of course, being we dead. do like, yo-ho-ho, ho, he took a bite of gum-gum. Bite of gum-gum. Or, excuse exactly. me, Nika-Nika. <clears throat> yeah, oh no. yeah, Nika-Nika, the Nika-Nika fruit uh, type. What's the type it's called? Type human fruit? Type this human? Is, is, yeah, it's a human-human fruit model, model Nika, mythical Zoan. Whatever. Literally, I can't fucking track this shit anymore. <laughs> I keep on getting things on my Facebook of like One Piece, and I don't know where they came from. They just know, man. It's, they... it's all like 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 One Piece fan pages and like fucking like 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 weird like theories about what's gonna happen next. So um, I'm I'm just looking through Facebook, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, cool. Uh, Luffy's bounty is up to about three billion berry. That's nice. Keep on scrolling. Means nothing to me. They know, dude. Yeah. They know that you are a closet One Piece fan. I'm a I am a closet One Piece fan, but I am a very open Big News Morgans fan. <laughs> indeed, indeed you are. Uh but yeah, Shane, how do you feel about Hawkins? Because Fuck that guy. He deserved to die and I'm glad he's dead. Yeah, I'm I gonna go it. get some chicken tacos. You guys talk about Hawkins. Fucking that fuck that guy. Fucking like Fucking like okay, but since he's dead though, that that's like one of the. I think he, is he the first worst generation person to like die actually legitimately, uh, that I know of. Yeah, that I can recall. Cause like, cause like, Luffy, I was thinking to Zoro, myself, I mean, who did? I mean, I mean, Zoro's still fighting the Grim Reapers. Who knows? Yeah, he's still fight. I forgot. <laughs> so who Damn. knows, man? <laughs> I fucking he's still fighting the Grim Reaper, and we're not gonna find out for a month. Probably not even a month, because after the month, we're probably gonna head over to the Reverie and be like, "Oh, what the fuck happened there?" Turns out VV is like fucking got a stand now or something. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine. 
Do you think V? Fucking, does, does oh Jimmy? my god! Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Plot twist: Vivi had a devil fruit the whole time. It allows her to absorb people and turn them into stands. She turned fucking Pell into a stand. Yo, that's why he lived. That's why he lived. That's why he survived the bomb. You know become what? A stand. If that actually happens, based Oda, like straight up, based Oda, like incredible writer. Also, but legitimately, do you think Vivi maybe have had joined the Revolutionary Army? I could it, it, it would it would make sense for her character because because at this point because at this point the reverie was obviously attacked mm -hmm. um, the reverie was uh, a trap the trap but, but the question is by who uh, my guess is probably the emu probably yeah uh, probably put everyone there to try to wipe out the the most powerful people um, that could uh, threaten his control um, and Wipe them out, uh, and try to and tried to wipe them out, and probably some people survived. My guess is Vivi is one of them. Probably mm -hmm. joined the Revolutionary Army because the Revolutionary Army is against the the world government. So she's like, "Fuck it, might as well." She's never liked the from all we can tell. I don't think she's ever liked the world government to begin with, anyways. No. Um. Uh. Uh. My question is: Is Sabo dead? Probably not. I uh, want Sabo to stay dead. This death number two for Sabo. That's, that's not me saying that I hate Sabo. I fucking love Sabo, but honestly, it would it would make him dying and actually legit dying at this stage in the story would make a lot of sense. Would actually because it would spur Luffy on to take action against the Marines because at that point. One of the things I love about Luffy as a protagonist, and this is just me kind of going to ramble a bit how much I love Luffy. People seem to mis people misunderstand Luffy so often. They just think he's ha-ha, funny, stretchy man. Um, And yeah, he is ha-ha, funny, stretchy man. But also, Luffy isn't necessarily like... Luffy, people misunderstand him as like that he's like dumb. He's not dumb per se. He's just naive. He just has... He's he's not even just naive. He has he's hyper focused and has his priorities on one thing at a time. Uh, if he like if you know if you actually watch the show, some of the stuff that Luffy says are not like that dumb. Uh, like he like whenever he's going up against like a foe or whatever, the battle strategies he comes up with are actually a lot smarter than you would expect. Um, and, and like he's old and he almost always man, manages to kind of like figure out the right thing to do. So if, but so like if Sabo gets killed and the world government is responsible, that makes two of his brothers now responsible. That's exactly what I was thinking. That is exactly what was going through my monkey mind. It's like the reason he didn't act against the Marines when they killed Ace was because he was literally in shock. He could not do anything about it imagine yeah. both of his brothers dying at the hands of the marines he's pissed he's going after he might actually stop going after the one piece at that point for a little bit and go after akainu um like finally because the thing about one piece and why i feel like that is going to have it the, the one piece is going to have to have like three climaxes because it has like three main and it has like three separate main antagonists it's got teach on the pirate side it has the has 
what it, I forget Anu or whatever his name is on the empty chip and the empty throne. Emu. Um, and then Emu and then Akainu Akainu in the fucking Marines. It's three separate main antagonists. He's got to fight all three of them. He's got to fight all three of them. So which one he fights first? I'm honestly thinking maybe Akainu. I think maybe, maybe he's I think honestly Akainu because you got to teach he's going to fight when he reaches one piece. I feel like that's the like the teach fight is the one piece. It's at Laugh Tail. That one save that one for there. Um and then Emu is the last guy. Um or maybe they just don't fight Emu at all and Emu is just kind of like a wimp, which would be perfectly in in character and universe for this show. Yeah. Um kind of to showcase just how that like be, be, because at its core one piece is an anti-fascist piece of text and mm-hmm. it likes to end like all fascists people at the top are always the cowards and they're not actually going to do anything no um they, they they just talk themselves up to beat like tough guys and then when in reality they would like turn and run at the slightest sight of danger exactly which is so, exactly what the celestial dragons do that's the purpose they serve in the story yeah um <laughs> which is why luffy doesn't like them at all uh just right he punches them yeah, punch uh, that which man. Which is still one, which in uh, in Salvodi, that's still one of the most satisfying moments in the manga, where he just punches that fucking celestial he dragon just and frees the slave. Him. And frees the slave. That's the moment that One Piece becomes an explicitly political text, is when he frees the slave. Uh, that's the moment where it's like, okay, I know what Oda's trying to do here. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, that's... <laughs> Are you, that's, fuck, are you, every time we talk about One Piece, we get like really derailed. But, it has been 20 minutes. Are yeah, you guys done talking, talking about, about One Piece? Yeah, we're done. Jeff Keeley's favorite character, mm-hmm. Monkey DeLuffy. Yep, Monkey Mon- DeLuffy. Monkey DeLuffy. Monkey DeLuffy and his crew of pirates. Mm-hmm. All right. Is any other manga people want to talk about? Spence, I caught up on Mashal. I'm not caught up on Mashal. Mm. When did you stop? Uh, five-ish chapters, maybe five, ten, five, ten chapters. Okay, so you're you're still in the midst of like the the innocent zero goons attacking. Oh the, no, uh... no, I finished that. Just finished okay. that. Okay. We're just that part. Mashal continues to be great, and honestly, it's quickly gearing up for Endgame. Like, I don't mm-hmm. feel like it has that much left. What's and that? and I will say. Um, as someone who is tapped into the industry entertainment sector in terms of news, I have heard very, very credible rumblings that an anime adaptation is very much on its way. I figured uh, it just depends on who's doing uh, it. Uh, well, you want to do it. Well, more than likely expected to likely be announced at uh, Anime Expo at at not Anime Expo at Jump Fest at Jump Fest. Oh, OK. Uh, in December. Year. OK. Yeah. Yeah, in December. Um, and um, December. More than likely, they seem to be gearing up for another Wit Studios Cloverworks theme. More than likely, you um, know what? Okay. After Spy Family, that. I'm all for it. Yeah, because it feels because oh. I remember that deal that was made yep. uh, with with uh, uh, Aniplex and Suisha and all that shit. So it's probably going to be that. I again, I don't know how I feel about that because it feels very uh, Monopoly esque and kind of uh, not great, but. Uh, but that's you know, just kind of the world we leave. The, that's the world we've seen to live in now. Mm-hmm. Um, so. um, I think one of the big things that works with Spy Family, and that those two studios work really well together, because Wit has been around for a while, 
And they kind of, they keep Cloverworks reined in. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. don't get too ahead of yourself. Don't go too big. Otherwise, we're going to have issues. So just dial it back a bit. And we're just going to keep on at a good pace. So, oh, and, 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 if, and if they don't do it, I would love to see Bones do it. Yeah. I think, I think Mashal is a perfect, it's a, from what I've seen, I think Mashal is a perfect fit for Bones. It needs to be a studio that just does bombastic shit. So even Madhouse would be a good pick. Honestly, yeah. a modern, a modern Madhouse. One, one Punch Man. That wasn't Madhouse. That was, that well, wasn't due to Madhouse. Yeah, it was because of. Uh, it was Shingo. It was Shingo. It was Shingo. Yeah. Shingo got some. It yeah. was Shingo. Shingo. Like, like if. If Bones is looking for another shonen to pick up the slack when uh when my hero isn't here and Mashal's a perfect bet. Honestly, I uh, mirror Matt because Matt, like get the mob psycho team on that. Yeah, Honestly, true. Get them get the mob psycho team. And if you can't get the mob psycho team, uh get the bungo team. Yeah, get mm-hmm. the bu- oh. like, Yeah. Get the bungo team. Because the my hero team is too busy. It's gonna be work is working on my they can't do any they can't they can't do shit else. So um, They will be working on my hero for the rest of their lives. Well, until the manga's done, <laughs> which, they're, they're, they're incre- they're, which increasingly likely they're going to be done within the next like couple years, actually. So mm-hmm. probably in the next like three, four years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything else people want to talk about? Or we can move on to news. We can move on. Remember Zipman? Uh, yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> uh, Zipman. All right. Uh, I know we talked about One Piece for like 20 minutes, but we do actually have One Piece news. So we <laughs> need to discuss that for a little bit. Uh, we actually have quite a bit of One Piece news. We're actually going to oh. frame it all into one one go. We have three pieces of One Piece news. Let's start with In the One Piece. We got a oh, no, we got the we got a we got a new trailer for One Piece from Red. Uh so a live stream event for the upcoming One Piece film red anime film revealed on Wednesday. A new trailer, two cast members, the film scenes on the Ucha project, and a new poster visual drawn by creator Ichiro Oda. The newly announced cast includes uh Kenjiro Suda as Gordon, who is a very depressed looking man. Um uh and he is an and Ken uh Kenjiro Suda you might recognize as the voice uh, uh you might recognize as the voice of let me find what else he's been in. Uh, he uh, he is Atomic Samurai from One Punch Man. Okay. Oh, OK, OK. Uh, he will be playing a character named Gordon um, and Ka- and they also revealed who will be the speaking voice of our new lead character, Uta. Uh, it is Kaori Nazuka, uh, Kaori Nazuka, who is uh, no, who is not only V. Britannia, from Code Geass. Uh, and, uh, and she's also Toru from My Hero Academia. Uh, oh. So she will be the voice of the new character Uta, and Ado will be the singing voice of Uta. Ado will also perform the film Scene Song New Genesis. Uh, uh, and it is, you know, Otto will collaborate with other performance on the Uta project. It will include other, the uh, Uta project, which is, a mu- which is a series of music videos, all that are going to be part of music in the film. And he- some of the, some of the people doing music for it include Fake Type, Yuta Orosaki, Vondi, Miss Green Apple, and Hiroyuki Sawano will all <laughs> be doing music for One Piece Film Red, um, which is just a stacked list of fucking composers. I, I imagine, yeah. imagine Sawano doing a score for a One Piece movie. Oh, man. 
He's I only doing a track. He's doing a single track. He's not doing anything. I else. hear that. But imagine. Between uh, Apple, that's the one I'm excited for. Apple, yeah. Who, for those of you, they, they did the first opening to Fire Force. They did Inferno. A bunch of other stuff. They did Inferno, which whips, rules. Mm-hmm. Um, Might still be my favorite Fire Force OP outside of the one that Kana Boon did. Kana Boon did. Torch of Liberty. Torch of Liberty, yeah. Great fucking name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Vondi is the other one. They did the second OP to uh, Ranking of Canes, which was really okay. great. Oh, that, that opening whips. It, whip, it It. wasn't my personal favorite. I still like the first one better. But that's also because I think the second half of Ranking of Kings is... It's, it's, I really like it, but it has some problematic elements I cannot ignore. Uh, you mean involving, like... Yeah. In, in, you mean involving Korea? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Woo! Y'all like oh, yeah. colonialism? Ooh. <laughs> no. Um, there will also be short episodes linked to the songs. The first video of Uta Diary began streaming. The film is opening on August 6th. Honestly, the more I hear about this film, the better it sounds. Um, okay. Just, We're seeing uh, this film, right? If it comes uh, here, if, we are 100%. If it comes here, we didn't get Stampede. True. Yeah, so. And I'm well, actually, no, we, we did get Stampede. We just missed it because we're dumb. Yeah, we're um, dumb. Also true. That was, prob- that was probably during like a bunch of like school stuff. So yeah, it yeah, was. It, and we missed Promare around the same time, too. So. I, yeah, I'm uh, still kicking and, myself for missing Promare because, God, that on a big screen would be dope. And we also missed the Bunny Girl movie as well. We, we never got that one, though. We oh, never sorry, got yeah. one. Yeah, we, we just never had to got go to that Toronto one. That's Detroit. not our fault. That is Aniplex because Aniplex is a bunch of doo-doo heads. Aniplex um, is doo-doo heads. I bow to the G-Kids uh, family. G-Kids. Shout out to the G-Kids. Yeah, G-Kids is uh, the G-Kids overlords. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of overlords, Netflix. Yes, uh, Netflix. Netflix made a couple of waves because they had their Geeked Week um, we're not going to talk about anything outside of, outside of this from that, other than uh, other than they announced a bunch of other good stuff. You can go check uh, the other news for that. Uh, but uh, Netflix did have a first look at the at some stuff from the live action One Piece. So let's read on. Netflix unveiled during his Geek Week live scene on Monday a behind the scenes video for the Hollywood live action series of Ichiro Oda's One Piece manga. The video previews concept art to various ships from the series, including the Going Merry, Baratier, and Miss Love Duck, and it also features a lot of set work from those particular sh- sets. The uh, the Netflix also unveiled new cast members, including cast the cast members for Kalhador, Mihawk, Seth, uh, Ch- uh, Seth, uh, Seth Jeff, Camp. I'm sorry, uh, Captain Morgan, Kaya, and Nojiko. Uh, uh, if you've seen the cast list, I am particularly fond of the guy that got to play Zeph because he looks exactly like him. <laughs> um, it is man, pretty much a man looks like a fucking G. Yeah, uh, is uh, yeah, he, he looks like a fucking G. And oh yeah, no, they got the it. actress that got to play Nojiko is really cute, so I'm really happy. Like, about tell that. me that yeah. is not the perfect Nojiko. Come on, uh, her name is Choma uh, Umela. I'm probably mispronouncing that. I'm very sorry. Probably butchered Ooh, that dude. and also offended I, an entire I'm race of people. Sorry, uh, you seem very lovely, and I cannot wait to see you play Nojiko. Um. Uh, but other, but, uh, but, uh, but the cast so, uh, but the cast so far looks, the cast so far continues to look excellent for this series. Uh, we've been following the casting for this show for quite a while, and we've been very impressed overall with the, all the cast, particularly who they got to play Luffy, because he, you saw, we see him in the set video, 
Uh, his name is uh, Naki Godai, and he sounds exactly like how I would imagine a live-action Luffy sounds. It is my, kind mm-hmm. of uncanny. My man's radiates positive energy in every single video he's in. He he radiates positive energy, mm-hmm. good vibes, and absolute fucking insanity. Zero brain cells. Man, man feels like like I'm just looking into the sun, and the sun is just bouncing off the walls. And I'm like, yeah. And then, but it, it works perfectly though, because when you when you put him next to the 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 actor who's playing Zoro, and he's all like super serious and like stoic. Like Zoro, it really just goes. Oh yeah, no, that that's just Luffy and Zoro just just having a yeah. conversation, you know. Yeah, we haven't seen much of Makinu as Zoro. He's the cast member I'm most excited about, honestly, mm-hmm. because uh, he is a tra- because he is a trained swordsman. He has been in samurai films in Japan. He was in the Roni Kenshin. He was in some Roni Kenshin stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I well, I I still can't believe they got Makinu as Zoro. That's that's insane, man. Yeah, 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 which, which, no, which, uh, which is great, great. Uh, the big thing though is that as a film major, I'm seeing the sets. These fucking this. sets, bro. <laughs> Holy shit! The my big issue with the like, let me let me let me compare this to Bebop, the live action Bebop for a second. My issue, my biggest issue with the big with the live action Bebop, outside of ma- like the major some of the major writing problems with the show, it's just that it looked really cheap. Uh, it uses a lot of green screen. It uses a lot of like fake looking sets. One Piece looks like the exact opposite of that. They are clearly spending a lot of money on this, and it looks stellar. The Barache looks oh like fucking Barache. Yeah, like the holy Barache shit! Looks like they are they are building these ships and taking them out to sea. Oh my god! I can like that. Like to me, that alone, I'm like okay. Like, I was already cautiously optimistic for this show. This is actually now kind of shifting from cautious optimism to, like, genuine excitement for this now. Because I'm like, are they going to... But part of my back of my mind, I'm still worried that they're going to fuck it up. But, like, the back of my mind is saying they could actually do this. That this could actually work. Imagine if this actually works, Shane. Depends on how the CG turns out. Yeah. I'll, I'll just be like, there we go. We nailed it, and I'm very excited too, cause the uh, cause the creators are the actual the showrunners Stephen Maida and Matt Owens are both One Piece fans. Maida in particular said that Sanji's his favorite character, so they're actually going to really heavily focus. They're actually going to add in some hints to later on in the manga for Sanji in the early sections, uh, which I think is really fucking cool, frankly. Uh, so I'm really so I'm really excited for it. And our final piece of news is just a about the One Piece manga itself. Uh, the official Twitter account for Chiro Oda's One Piece manga revealed on Tuesday that the manga will take a one will take a break for one month while Chiro Oda prepares for the manga's 25th anniversary celebrations and for the manga's final saga. In air quotes, uh, the manga will go on break from the 30th issue to raise its weekly selling jump on June 27th until the 33rd issue. The series will return in the 34th issue of the magazine. On July 25th, Suresh had published the 27th interview with the magazine on Monday, which means the manga starts two more chapters before the break starts. Oda stated in a comment that several months ago, uh, several people warned him that this summer would be very tough due to the One Piece film red opening in theaters, the manga's 25th anniversary in July, his plans to go to Africa to oversee the filming of the live-action Netflix series, 
and the ending of Wild Country arc all coinciding. Those people suggested that Oda take a break for about a month in the summer, but Oda was against it at first. Don't kill yourself, Oda. Um, but then he, but then he said he then came around and said decided that he needs some time for preparation, and so he's just taking a break. Oda said added that unfortunately due to the pandemic he cannot go to Africa. That's um, unfortunate. Uh, Oda, uh, so he's pro- I don't know he's probably overseeing the production on like Zoom or I'll something. Say, yeah, they just they have a giant monitor Zoom. with fucking Oda on it. Oda is just going. No, 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 no! Don't do that. It no, was no, not no, like no, that no, in my manga. No, 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 no. This was on the no. other side of the table. No, no. Luffy has to go like this, and he like pulls his arm. He a big stretch man. Yeah, it's called it's called gum gum pistol. He has to cock it like a pistol. A pistol, right? Right? Yeah. Right? Got it? Got it? No, no, no. You a a, a garp supposed to look more angry. Look more angry. <laughs> Where is his doghood? Someone get his doghood. <laughs> Where is Helmeppo? You Hel-Meppo. suck. Helmeppo has been cast, so we're I getting Helmeppo. I just looked at at the the cast list and like straight up though the guy that they have play in. Fucking Garp exactly. looks exactly like fucking Garp. He, yeah, he, he it's perfect casting. Perfect and, and, and also Chef Seth, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah just Nojiko looks great. Have man. you seen Nojiko? Look Nojiko, at Nojiko looks great. Um, Kaya looks great. Um, the whole Straw Hat crew that we have. Emily Rudd as Nami looks great. Um, uh, fucking Taz Skyler, I think his name is, who's playing Sanji. Like that, It looks great. But I also said the same thing about Bebop, and look what happened to me. Yeah, I was. I have more faith in this than I have in and I had in Bebop. So I, I was uh, just, on. A, I was on a suicide watch for about four years after that. So just the fact that they fucking built the Baratier speaks volumes to me. Yeah. Good sets. Good soup. Yeah. Good. Good. Soup. I mean, if the script um, sucks, it really, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. If the script sucks, there's not much you can do. Bit, but uh, but smoker, yeah, smoky, um, smoky. Yeah. Now they did say the final saga for it in air quotes. Um, the reason why is because uh, who the fuck knows um, mm-hmm. if this is actually ending? For context, um, the last saga lasted a decade, so <laughs> this could literally mean anywhere from like two, three years to fifteen. In terms of One Piece time. Um, so who knows how long this is going to be. Um, but yeah. I mean, uh, especially, of, especially when you factor in the fact that Wano in and of itself took three years to get through. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm very ex- but yeah, I'm very excited to see uh, where it goes from there. Um, so let's talk. So let's move on to another manga that is coming back unexpectedly. Uh, the editing department of Hakushena's Young Animal Magazine and manga creator Koji Mori announced on Tuesday that the Berserk manga by late Kentaro Muya will continue, beginning with this year's 13th issue of Young Animal on June 24th. So that's next week, as part of this recording. Uh, the manga will first have six chapters that will go to the end of the Fantasia arc slash Elf Island chapter, with a new arc beginning afterwards. The full announcement comes with comments from Young Animals editorial staff and from Moria that are available in English. Moving forward, the manga will now have the following credits. Original work by Kentaro Muya, manga by Studio Gaga, supervised 
by Kenjo Morty. Studio Gaga's Miriam's studio with his assistants and apprentices who also worked on Berserk alongside him. Morty is a close childhood friend of Miriam's, who Miriam's frankly consulted for, with, for plot details on Berserk. Morty said in the statement that he knows the story of Berserk up until the very end. Morty drew a one-shot manga on Animal last year that tells the story of his lifelong friendship and creative relationship with Miriam. In the statement, Morty noted that he discussed the ending of Berserk with Miriam since the manga's iconic Eclipse event 30 years ago. After Miria passed, he thought about discussing the ending through an interview or for some illustrations with the company article, but deemed those methods as insufficient. He welcomed Studio Gaga's offer to continue the manga and promises to recall the details as much as possible and tell the story. Certain readers that the telling the, well, the telling will be imperfect. He thinks that he can almost tell the story that Miria wanted to tell. Both Miria and the Unanimal Editing Department promised to not to deviate from Mr. Miria's words. The 41st volume of Zerg, which includes the final chapters Miria created for the series, shift on December 24th of last year in Japan. You cannot, I cannot tell you how relieved I am that Mira's grand epic is going to get finished. That Berserk mm -hmm. is going to get done. I am so fucking glad that we're actually, at the very least, going to get an ending to Berserk at some point. It is, it is going to end at some point. And to me, that, it, it, would, it was a crime that he was taken from us so soon. And I'm, mm -hmm. But I'm happy that it is going to get some kind of resolution, especially considering how much I love this manga. Uh, uh, it's a I, really uh, touching story, too. Like, mm -hmm. like, the guy's best friend, childhood-long best friend, you know, is picking it up. And at first, he didn't really want to do it because he, you know, it's, <laughs> he, it's hard to step into the shoes of Kentaro Mira. Um, it won't especially be the same. with Berserk. It, it won't, won't be, the, be same. the same. It won't yeah. be the same, and that's that's what people need to will probably have to get through their head for the first couple of chapters is that it's not Mira, and mm -hmm. it would be the same if somebody took over for a Rocky doing JoJo. You know, it it it's not the same. And while Berserk, while the difference obviously is that JoJo is multiple parts, and Berserk is this long, massive epic. Um. <clears throat> The, there's people that are attached to their work that will always be that work, and Mira will always have will always have Berserk. Uh, Araki will always have JoJo. Oda will always have One Piece. And if those authors were to be replaced, or if heaven forbid something was to happen to them, um, it it wouldn't feel the same. But you would also want it to be finished, at least the parts that they're at. Like, if there was, you know, 15 chapters left and heaven forbid something happened to Oda, you'd want One Piece to be finished. Yeah, I would. And I feel like it would actually be a dis... I, I, there's always a debate on whether or not, like, should we, should we continue onwards without the person that made this thing possible? There's always that... Mm -hmm. question when it comes to stuff like this. It's, when it, it's like when a major actor dies and right before a project starts or during the middle of something. Mm -hmm. um, my mind constantly goes to when Carrie Fisher passed away in the middle of the sequel trilogy for Star Wars. Uh, um, mine was, um, uh, uh, God, um, um, the guy who was in The Hunger Games who passed away. Uh, yeah, Phil Seymour Hoffman, because that yes. happened there. Uh, or Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman, um, yeah. yeah. For recently, uh. for uh, Chadwick, uh, Chadwick for Black Panther. What do you do? Like, what do you do, especially when, 
like there's not uh, where like when you do when something like this happens you can't control to me i think it would be a disservice but from for berserk in particular i think it would be a disservice if it never got finished i feel like i feel like for for mira himself i think it's glad that the, i'm glad they're doing it and i'm glad that it is a ver it is a bunch of people working on it which means mm -hmm. that the art is going through they're at least w trying to maintain the high level of art quality because i'm not worried about the writing quality i trust morty i think i think he i, I trust morty i think that he can probably replicate Mira's writing pretty well it's there, the art i'm more worried about yeah i was um, gonna say there's literally no better person to continue this story than mm -hmm. mori mm -hmm. but mira was a once in a lifetime artist and i don't think anyone and not discrediting anyone but i don't think anyone will come close to the ridiculous godlike levels of intricate detail that he put into his artwork no one can match him yeah i think the closest person we have nowadays is uh the guy who does uh the art for one punch yusuke murata um, yeah yusuke murata is great but his art is different though he doesn't really exactly in, his art his art like, st his art style doesn't blend well with berserk it's too anime mm -hmm. if that makes any yeah, sense no it yeah. completely makes sense and that's why and miura did everything that was the big thing he yeah. he had helpers but the art was miura and the, the story was miura and this was this was him like this was his baby yeah, someone said you could potentially maybe get Naoki Urasawa, who's just like one of the best artists. He did Monster and 20th Century Boys and Master okay. Keaton. Yep. Uh, he would be able to do it because of his level of detail and just like authenticity. But mm -hmm. I'm glad that they got his apprentices because the fact that they have multiple people working on the art means mm -hmm. that no, now they can actually afford to make it look like Miria because they have multiple people working on it, which means that one person doesn't have to fucking kill themselves to try to be like him. Um, yeah. Which and, I think is and, the important thing. And please don't. Do and not do try not to be... Yourself. We don't... No, do no not, more deaths. I of Please, do not kill yourself for really anything. Yeah, literally do especially, not. Just don't do that. Especially for a job. Do not kill yourself for a job. Your mental health job. comes first. <laughs> and, mo and more importantly, just in general, when it comes to, like, what they're doing... Do not try to be your idol, okay? In this case, do not try to be Miura, Kentaro Miura, because you are not Kentaro Miura. Kentaro Miura could barely handle the stuff that he did, and you cannot be do what he did. So do your best, and people will like it. You can have some people that don't, but that's going to happen. So oh, you're definitely going to have people who won't like this shit, man. As soon as that new as soon as that new original chapter drops, there is mm -hmm. a dedicated group of people who will devote their entire lives to shitting on it because it's not yeah. Mira. And those yeah, people are what Mira. we call fucking losers. Or fucking and fucking losers. Fucking losers. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Would like and like even then I would argue Miria wasn't even perfect with all the Berserk. There are some chapters of Berserk that I that are kind of bad. That's just ha you wanna know why? Because that's what happens with manga. Not every chapter is going to be good. That's what well, happens well, Christ. when you're literally uh, killing yourself. 
as a one man operation even to get just, this shit yeah, out of Not even just, not even just that, but just in general, like like Do in you just remember, terms of writing I mean, quality. I, I guess this is for all of us. Do you remember those couple of chapters in uh Kaisen that were really rough? Yeah. And oh yeah, during the during the uh Shibuya that were like kind of ass. They were yeah. rough chapters. But you're allowed those. You're not, you know, um uh uh, fucking Christ, why do I always forget their name? Uh, the person a- who did... Akutami? Akutami, thank you. You know, Akutani is just a, just a dude. You know? Yeah. Um, he's allowed to, he's allowed to, like, have a break, man. Gotoge, um, you know, who did Gotoge Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer. <laughs> she ended Demon Slayer because fucking, she, she knew that she couldn't handle, because of family stuff, she knew she couldn't handle family mm-hmm. stuff and writing the manga at the same time so she fucking ended it so Which, that's and that's why yeah. demon slayer ended earlier than anticipated i mean in my opinion it had a perfect ending regardless um, i would yeah from what i and, and she did go back and do like a, a added a, a bit more to the epilogue which was really helpful and very nice but the bottom line and what we're all really thinking about is um talking about is just Berserk's coming back. That's great. Don't expect it to be Mira because it's not. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Speaking of stuff that is great, let's talk about Vinland Saga, aka the Viking Viking Berserk. Uh, uh, we got a new trailer for it, um, and I'm very, very excited to talk about it. The staff for the second season of the television anime of Bakoto Yakumura's Vinland Saga ma- manga revealed on Wednesday a promotional video visual cast January 2023 premiere and the season's new production studio, MAPPA. Uh. Uh, oh, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, they revealed a lot of the cat, a lot of the old cast and the returning cast. First season staff will return for the second season as studio uh, as anime studio Mappa instead of Wit Studio. Shuhei is Shuhei Yabuta, who is the director on Inuyashiki, Last Hero, and Attack on and the 3D director on Attack on Titan, will return to direct the anime. And Hiroshi Seko, who is the writer on numerous shows that we've covered because we're a big fan of him, uh, will yes. again supervise the series scripts and write them. Uh, Takiya Aburu is returning to design the characters. He was the animation director on Hunter Hunter and was also worked on the first season. And Yutaka Yamada will be returning to compose the music. It is the exact same staff as last season. Zero change in staff. Uh, uh, zero change in staff. This is why I want to take this opportunity to talk about how it is starting to become absolutely meaningless to discuss studios. Because yeah. uh, at this point... Mappa might as well be a freelance studio because very clearly nothing is going to change from the from Wit to Mappa with uh, Vinland. If you want, have has everyone seen the trailer for season two? Yes. Yes. Okay. One, it looks great as predictable. Yeah, it looks fantastic. It's Mappa. Um, great. But also, it looks identical to the first season. Frankly, yeah. If yeah. like um, if the trailer didn't have a studio name, just flashcard I would pop just up on the screen. I would just assume it's wit because it looks identical to what they produced three years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks pretty much identical. Now, I want to bet that more than likely maybe the actual show will probably have more Mappa-isms. Um, yeah. But, but, in, but in the end, I don't care 
because Mappa one showed that they could take over which show pretty well with Attack on Titan. Hell, I'd argue Attack on Titan got better when Mappa took over. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and second, uh, I also I uh, th- th- it looks identical, so it's not an issue. What I am excited though is I'm excited for Farmland. Farmland, Farmland baby. Farmland. The onlys are going to hate this. They are going to hate this. I can't wait. They will literally drop this show. It's going to be 24 episodes of contemplating in the fields. Contemplating your life's existence while also tending to the crops. Yeah, it's going to be amazing, though, because the character development is going to be unmatched. And there is a huge subset of people that will absolutely despise it. (laughs) <laughs> Probably because, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, it's fucking boring. <laughs> it's slow as shit, but it's... also at the same time. <laughs> we just covered Mushishi. <laughs> we just a covered Mushishi, and that show's at great. a glacial pace, and so I think we can handle some slow-paced episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah, Farm- and also, Farmland is a my, glacial pace, dude. One of my favorite yeah. movies of the past couple of years was no Roma. Land. Oh, no, well, no, well, Roma's actually like five years old at this point, Shane. Wait, wasn't that 18? No, yeah, 2018. It's 2018. Was it? Yeah, it's four years ago. It's not it's that four old. Years ago. Maybe, I, I was talking more recent, bro. Yeah, he was talking more recent, bro. But yes, no Madland. Which you haven't seen, Shane, and you should. because. But I, I know it's good know. because I, I trust your opinions on film. And also... I should show, like I will show you shots after this podcast is done, and you'll understand what I mean. Um, but um, uh, but uh, yeah, so I'm very excited for Vinland, though. It's going to be one of the best anime of next year. I'm happy it's coming out so early next year too. Like it's like right away. We're we're, Vinland, we're starting is- off the year with fucking Vinland, Tokyo Revengers. Mm-hmm. Good start yeah. to the year. Good start to the year. I think there's probably there's probably some other stuff coming that hasn't been announced. So we're very much looking forward to it. Uh, speaking of other stuff that's coming out, who here at Dixie actually ended up watching Heike's story outside of me? Because I need to know. Spencer yeah, did. Yeah, dude, I did. Yes, it's great, right? It was fantastic. It was fantastic. Well, it seems like Nako Yamada has decided that, you know what? These science horror people, they're pretty cool. Uh, anime studio Science Saru formerly announced anime director Naku Yamada's new original anime work, Garden of Remembrance, at this year's Annecy International Animation Film Festival on Wednesday. Yamada and Science Saru premiered the anime as part of the festival's work in progress track on for ongoing productions. It will be a TV. It is a TV show. Um, that was uh, there was some confusion initially on what it was, but it is a uh, it is a uh, TV show. Uh, 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 manga creator Etsuko Mizuzawa. Uh, will be, uh, who is a kind of a newer manga a mangaka is the anime's original character designer and singer songwriter songwriter lovely summerchan will compose the anime's music i have never heard of this person before um uh according to science star co-founder and producer yuyan choice she brought up the theme of making a short anime film centered on music to nako yamada yako yamada described the theme of the anime someone thinking of someone where where is the heart's destination both Choi and yamada came up with keywords and concepts of the project compiling it into a poem with yamada producing the film and lovely summer chan composing the music off that poem in the announcement yamada describes summer lovely chan as an invincible girl yamada also noted that she requested character designs from mizuzawa and described the characters 
as feeling like real living girls, almost so, so real, you can feel like you can smell the drool from them from napping and sink into their cuteness. Yamada requested that Musa drive the characters in a chubby way. Yamada is a veteran director on several Kyoto animation works, previously on K-On!, A Silent Voice, Legend of the Bluebird, Tamako Market, Tamako Love Story, and Sound Euphonium. Uh, there, and she moved to Science Saru as a director in 2021, where she directed Heike Story. So I'm very I excited did, for so ahead. I just checked it up. Uh, lovely Summer Chan, who, by the way, is very cute, um, attended middle school and high school with all three members of a little band called the Peggies. And they all graduated in the same year, so she's... So clearly, with, with so clearly in the company of, uh, of uh, very talented individuals, yes. Classics. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited for this because it's Nako Yamada. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's pretty much I it. That's yeah. pretty much it. Uh, I don't know if Nakayama is going to bring in her normal writers for this. Um, I do like the fact that it seems to be an original show with a cast of all girls. And whenever she does that, we get shit like Sound Euphonium, Sound Bluebird, and Taco Market, mm-hmm. and K-On, which are like top tier, like the best shows out there like incredible shows so i have a feel this show is going to be fantastic this show is going to be fucking awesome uh, i can't wait for this when will this come out who knows <laughs> probably next year um more than likely now yamada works fast actually um so probably next year but late next year like fall. late next year yeah that's what i'm thinking like fall. oh so that's what that is sorry um what? uh I I saw when I was on Annie Chart that Science Saru has a show coming out next season, and I was like checking it out. It's written by Dai Sato, so you know it's gonna be good. Oh boy, oh boy! All right. Speaking of stuff that's coming out next year, uh, Toho announced on Friday that it and CG Studio Orange, creators of Beastars oh. Land of the Lustrous, are producing a new anime based on Yasuhiro Nighthouse. Trigun manga titled Trigun Stampede. Trigun Stampede that will debut in 2013. Crunchyroll also announced that it will simulcast the anime upon release in more than 200 countries and territories around the world. Uh, Crunchyroll will host a panel on at Anime Expo on July 2nd, which will announce more information about the anime. Uh, Show us a trailer. Guests for the panel will include manga creator Yasuhiro Naitao, designer Koji Tamaja, who uh, who is who is the Gantz Zero character designer. Orange producers Kitodaka uh, Waki, uh, who worked on Godzilla Singular Point, and Yoshihiro Watanabe, who was the director on Beastars. And Toho producer Kazuya Takei, who was the producer and the mind behind the creation of Your Name. Um, he was the guy who convinced Shinkai uh, uh, to make that movie. Uh, I oh. bet Shinkai is very happy that he did. Very yeah, because um, it made like a million billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, 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 so, um, so who had who had Orange doing Trigon on their fucking anime bingo card? Definitely not, not me. <laughs> because remember, remember the rumor that when they were doing a popular title and Orange was really like, we're doing a pop remake of a pop, like a new installment of a popular title, and everyone just immediately thought it was Berserk for some reason, uh, which was hilarious. Which, in retrospect, is very funny, frankly, because um, pe- re- people people wanted <laughs> to forget the bad CG Berserk and replace it with a good CG Berserk. Sucks yeah. to suck, idiots. 
And, uh, and, and retro- we're getting honestly, in retrospect, honestly, in retrospect, that entire uh, bit of like people thinking it was Berserk is extremely hilarious. Like it's extremely funny in retrospect. They are. Um, it was literally people gaslighting themselves, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, it's Trigon. St- now we don't know much about this. Uh, the concept art they showed, which is cool as shit, seems to indicate that this isn't a straight fucking. That this isn't a straight adaptation of Trigon and Trigon Maximum like a straight remake like we assumed it's quite possible that it this might be a sequel thing um to the original anime which is okay um as long as it's you know more trigun uh i want to talk about the response to it because right now the response to the uh orange doing trigun is decidedly is decidedly polarized right now um there's definitely been a polarized reaction to Trigun being CG. What do you think, Shane? Do you think Trigun is a good fit for CG? It's fucking orange. They could do anything and it will turn out good. What are you people talking about? Don't worry, it's not going to look good because Trigun has got... Okay, the, the I th- I remember I think the reason why people are worried is because if you if you've actually seen the art from the original Trigon manga. Trigon is one of those people consider unadaptable mangas like Berserk because the art is so fucking detailed and mm-hmm. weird and out there and the designs are so fucking intricate. But I think that's why it's perfect for CG because Vash looks like a cartoon man. Imagine like, seeing his fucking like 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 angel arm like in CG. I feel like it's gonna look like Lupin the Third in yeah. like Lupin the Lupin the first like Lupin the Third the first. Yeah, Lupin the Third um, the first. Yeah. If it looks uh, like that, we're fine because that show because that movie looked movie fucking incredible. Incredible. Um, which is funny. I totally thought that it would have been divisive because people would have been like, you know, do we really need another? You know, do we really want to make more Trigun? And it's like, yes, yes. I just yeah, want I, more Trigun. I want to see a straight adaptation of the manga, frankly. Exactly. Like- the manga's if if they have Naitau there, it the, it might be the manga. Or Naitau was involved. Has been involved in everything of the anime for a while. Like he was involved with Badlands Rumble, and has nothing to do with the manga. It has so nothing, really mean but it also is probably, by the way, when it comes out, that's a hundred percent the dub cast that they're going to use. Um, Johnny uh, Unbosh, Johnny Unbosh, he's coming back for this, like a hundred percent, and it will it it will be honestly really great to see. Johnny and Bosch come back to voice the character that catapulted him into popularity. To voice yeah. his original role. Vash the motherfucking stampede. Literally, Johnny yeah. and Bosch eating so good next year because Trigun and Bleach are coming back. Bleach are coming back. And yeah. apparently, no, and I'm pretty sure the new Code Geass show might come out next year too. And Lelouch is probably gonna be in that. I'll say he and he he was Lelouch the Britannia. Yeah. So like jo- Johnny, we're living in the Boschessance. So we're living in the Boschessance. And I'm I'm all for it. I love Trigun, dude. Trigun rules. I mean, mm-hmm. if they can keep okay, here's what I say. If they can keep the aesthetic, that's all they need to keep. You know, Just make it a western, bro. Because it's nigh impossible, even in 2D, to capture that like late 90s grunge. 
you know, unless you're Megalobox. So, in, in CG, just keep the aesthetic. Keep the fucking red cape, keep the spiky hair. Make keep, it a like, western. Ma- make it a western in space, and just have have Vash go on wacky adventures, and then have Millie and Meryl in the background, and bring back Nicholas D. Wolfwood. Wolfwood okay? didn't, turns Wolfwood. Wolfwood didn't die. Turns um, Wolfwood super didn't die. No, uh, no, the reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> also, It's fucking- just a picture of... Uh, of like Wolfwood, like smoking a cigarette with, with the caption "I lived, bitch." I lived, bitch. <laughs> also, fucking Vash looks like the fucking cheese string man with a red jacket. Yeah, he the does, only cartoon ass looks, motherfucker. The only person who looks normal in that entire show <laughs> is fucking Meryl. Bo- is no, it's Meryl. Meryl has a big ass eyes, bro. Meryl is, is anime short. size. She's got the Millie weird is... fucking like dress cloak with daggers in it's, it. it. It's not daggers. It's derringers. Whatever. I oh, get it. Um, her name is Darren is Derringer Strife and sh- and Stun Gun Thompson. God, I love Trigun. Uh, so so Marilyn CG is gonna be. Mm. Mm. It, I, we, it's like remember when we do... saw remember remember when we saw Fujiko in CG. That's exactly what I was gonna mm. fucking say. <laughs> it's 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 just gonna be like like fucking Fujiko again. Just like I don't. Mm, yeah, oh, no, I just mind. realized that I Wolford in CG might be like Jigen in CG. It's gonna be a bi awakening, dude. For a Ooh. lot of people. Oh, oh, I'm not ready now. Uh, that being said, we need to see. We need to see a. I yeah, want to see a fucking trailer more than something. concept art. Just give yeah. us, give us a crumb, a t- a, 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 a singular a, crumb, a crumb, if you will. Um, so let's move on to other crumbs, uh, particularly crumbs that Shane's not going to care about, but Spencer absolutely will, which Gundam. is Gundam. Okay, Gundam. I'll, I'll, I'll see you guys in like three minutes. Alright, uh, so Bango, Bandai Namco Filmworks revealed the staff story, new character, and mobile suit visuals on Friday from Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury, the first new Gundam television anime in seven years. It has been seven years, by the way. Jesus, Since wow. I Am Blooded Orphans. It has been a good hot minute. Um, the company also revealed the July 14th debut of the project's prequel anime, uh, The Mobile Suit Gundam, Witch from Mercury Prologue. Uh, the anime's official website revealed the visual. The anime's main character, whose name is Soletta Mercury. Wow, I wonder who the witch from Mercury is. Um, Do you think it might be Char Aznable? Maybe. Who maybe. knows? The anime's maybe. website describes the story. It takes place in the year Ad Stellar, or AS-122. Fucking Gundam. Uh, a era mm-hmm. where a multitude of corporations have entered space and built a huge economic system. A lone girl from remote planet Mercury transfers to the uh, Astakazia I hope I'm pronouncing that right. School of Technology, run by the Benarek Group, which dominates all the mobile suit industry. Her name is Celeta Mercury, with a scarlet light burning in her pure heart. This girl walks step by step through a new world. The anime's characters and mobile suit are as follows: Celeta Mercury, a second-year student, and the piloting department who transferred from school to Mer- who transferred to the school from Mercury. Oh, so she's literally named Mercury, and she's from she's Mercury. from Mercury. Perfect. Uh, Saletta is timid and someone lacks communication skills. She's the pilot of the Gundam aerial developed on Mercury, which is the Gundam we've seen in the old yes. marketing material. It's the um, really cool looking one. 
Marianne Rambon, a attractive and an academically distinguished second-year student in the management strategy department. Marianne is the only daughter of Dellen Rembrandt, the president of the Benerick Group and the chairman of the school's board. She has strong, rebellious feelings towards her father. Uh, you have Grell Zertik, a heir to the Zertik Heavy Machinery, one of the group's free branches, and a third-year student in the piloting department. Uh, Girl has a tough temperament and is quick to anger, as the eighth pilot of the Jurtic House has absolute confidence in his own skills. He has a mobile suit known as a Delanza. Which is uh, the fucking pink one. Yeah. Alan Saris, the top pilot at Pact at Pale Technologies, one of the group's three branches, a third year student in the piloting department. Alan is a tech turn and solitary person who doesn't open his heart to anyone in school, has an interest in Saleta, and he has a, a, a mostly known as the Gundam Ferroact. Which is the uh, coolest Salik, looking one. Shadik uh, Zanelli, an adopted child of the CEO of Grassley Defense Systems, one of the school's three branches, a third year student in the pilot department who leads Grassley House. Although still a student, Shadik has shown his business, a skill in business too. He's a candidate for the next generation executive, and he has a mobile suit known as the Mikalis. Hiroshi Kobayashi, who is the director of Kisniver and Spriggan and uh, Kimi Urumachi and a bunch of other stuff, is directing the anime at Bandai Namco Filmworks at Sunrise. With Rio Ando, who worked on Double Decker, Doug and Kirill, and interviews with Monster Girls as co-director. Uh, Ichido Okuchi, who is the writer on Princess Principal, Code Geass, and Skate the Infinity, is credited as main writer. Mogumo is credited uh, with full original character designs, and Mari Takashira, uh, Judo Toyota, and Hirotoshi Takaya, uh, Takaya are drawing those characters designed for animations. The, the music composer is not Sawano! Yeah. Um, is the first, uh, it is Takashi Omama, uh, Omama, who previously worked on Mobile Suit Gundam Twilight Axis, a, a, uh, a, a Gundam series, a Gundam short series with great music, but the thing blows otherwise. Uh, I can't uh, wait. A bunch of other stuff is working on it as well. I can't uh, wait. Okay, so we got a lot of info about this. The, mm -hmm. thing, the biggest thing that strikes me about this, this sounds so fucking different from every other Gundam show we've got. Like this is like okay. Is, Do you want to know what I school Gundam show? Like yeah, what is this? It sound okay. Here's it sounds like a fucking. It sounds like they took. It almost sounds like it's gonna be like a fucking massive tournament arc. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they took G Gundam, but then they mixed it with like the con like the space schools and like school type stuff from like fucking Gundam Build Diver. And like them in actual Gundam suits, I'm so confused. The characters look awesome. The fucking mechs look rad. The Ferract is my favorite, by the way. Just let just out Agreed. there. Agreed. The Ferract um, looks great. It's an all black Gundam, which immediately makes it cool. Um, and it's got mm -hmm. a all black rifle. has a cool yes has a sniper rifle has those cool fucking red circles on it. You know, is it gonna be like a like a like a fucking Gundam team up thing like I don't know but I'm super interested I'm super interested uh, honestly the writer gets me really excited because it's the writer mm -hmm. of Code Geass who previously by the way has been involved in Gundam before uh, this is the first time he is writing a full Gundam show uh, but he has been involved with Gundam for years uh, he was uh, he was in fact a major writer on several episodes of Turn A Gundam um, and he was also a writer on several episodes of 8th, uh, 08th MS team and a couple okay. of other ones. Um, okay, I've uh, seen 08. So this is the uh, but this is the first Gundam show he's involved with by himself. Now Kobayashi 
worries me a little bit, uh, the director. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he has done good stuff. He's a very talented guy. Uh, he was the he would he has been with Trigger for years. He worked on several episodes of Kill a Kill, um, and uh, and was a key animator on a lot of that. And he was also a storyboard artist on Little Witch, as well as Mob Psycho 100. And he was also the director of I, I didn't mention this, but he was the director on the excellent Dragon Pilot, which if you've not seen, I, I haven't actually. You. It's on Netflix, uh, isn't it? It is one of those shows that just missed our right. If we had watched it in the year it came out, it would have showed up on our best of you lists. Uh, but we did not. We I, I, I missed it. I missed it, uh, which really sucks. Uh, but he also directed Kisniver. And that show really isn't that great. Um, uh, I haven't seen Spriggan yet. Um, I've heard uh, Spriggan's we, good. It literally came out today, as we're talking about, as we're, we're recording this. Uh, so, uh, uh, so I haven't seen it yet. Apparently, it's only six episodes. Yeah, apparently. Um, so it's not that long. Uh, but he directed that. Um, so, but I, so he worries me a little bit because I was not a big fan of Kisniver. Um, but I'm excited for Oguchi because if it's a school setting, well, Code Geass technically has a school setting, um, mm-hmm. and that is nothing like a school anime, like, in the slightest. So, maybe, you know, you know what, maybe it's just set at the school, and it's, like, every other Gundam show. Maybe they, maybe it'll end, it's gonna end with, like, a war. Um, uh, I mean, 100% it's gonna end with a war. Other I, thing. I do that, like Ando, by the way. I do mm-hmm. like Rio Ando. I think he's a good director to kind of help. Um, Rio Ando. And the other thing that I've noticed uh, that they mentioned in a press release is that, as someone noted that apparently free ha- uh, fire emblem three houses was cited as an inspiration for this for this gun for this and i'm like hmm what does that mean <laughs> i mean the the phrase three branches shows up quite a bit in the characters so, so are, is it going to be like a civil war is it going to be like a civil war because i mean i is it about corporations really... so is it about capitalism I mean, dude, Doug and Kiro was about capitalism. <laughs> so it's probably about capitalism. Uh, I mean, I'm also down for it, because I love the way that that just... just It's so different compared to all the, the Gundam that I've seen. Um, I'm, I'm 100% something down. It's something new. Yeah, it's something new. It, it's not uh, Reconquista and G, so, you know. <laughs> um... But yeah, let's move on to our final piece of news, which is just a quick piece of news uh, that uh, just uh, this is a quick piece of news uh, just to let everyone know. G Kids announced on Friday that it acquired the North American theatrical home video and electronic sell through rights to Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 thrice upon a time. Uh, the company will screen the film in theaters in U.S. and in Canadian theaters in late 2022, and then release it on home video on a later date. The film opened in Japan on March 2021 and surpassed 10 billion yen, which is about 74 U.S. dollars in the Japanese box office, making it one of the most successful anime films of all time. Uh, honestly, I'm just excited because it will give us a chance to watch Thrice Upon a Time theatrically, possibly. I think and that is... It'll I, be I think late... So that it will be very late, but blame the pandemic for that. Um, oh no, but I'm saying like it'll be late, which means I'll be in school, which means I can drive us to the theater to watch it. Yeah, yeah. a road trip. 
road, road trip, trip with the boys. Uh, the boys. Let's go uh, to theaters for three hours and have our fucking have basically take acid because have that's what this movie existential is. crisis. Well, are you ready to have... see photorealistic Ray on the big screen, Shane? No, no. <laughs> and I'm not even thing. Shane. And I say no, <laughs> no. Imagine seeing that just in your face, like on the big screen, bro. Imagine seeing the end of Ava in theaters, like. Oh, geez, that's one of my dreams. Is I want to see that movie on the big screen because I feel like on the big screen that 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 would be that's a legendary kind of film. Like if there was any kind of film I would like to go back in time and go to the premiere to is that one. Like a yeah. like imagine going back to like that sounds like a film like like. Like that's a film like I wanted like I want to see that when it first came out because if fe that feels like a trip, that feels like an absolute just like history making moment. Um, uh, but yeah, let's move on now to our featured anime of the podcast, which is the no no, which is the long running 2006 shonen D Gray Man, particularly the first 26 episodes directed by Osamu Na uh, Nabashima and written by Reiko Yoshida. Um, uh, which is, uh, and these 20, uh, from Studio TMS, and in these episodes initially aired from October 3rd, 2006 to April 3rd, 2007. Um, and it's currently licensed by Funimation, and you can go watch it on sub and dub on their website. So you can go, go there, look it up, watch it, and go from there. The Gray Man takes place in an alternate universe 19th century and follows Alan Walker, who is a new recruit to an organization of exorcists named the Black Order. Now, the Black, the Black Order has one job. They defend humanity against the Noah family, who are reincarnations of Noah and the tw his 12 apostles. Specifically, yes, the biblical Noah. Um... Uh, they are led by a man known as the Millennium Earl. These, in order to fight them, they wield sentient holy artifacts known as innocents. They come in a variety of forms, and our main character, Alan Walker, has an innocence. However, his innocence is attached to his arm, um, and it and is attached to his arm. And he's trying to control it because it destroyed the outcome of his late guardian named Mana. And the show is kind of start, and and the show follows Alan teaming up with various members of the Black Order to try to search for these innocents while battling the demons of Noah along the way. The Gray Man has been widely regarded as one of the better shonen manga to come out of the uh, 2000s. In the wake, and it, it was a shonen that also came out in the wake of Fomana Alchemist. And, it's in, and Fomana Alchemist's influence is not lost on this show, I would feel like, because it definitely has that, uh, I like to call prestige shonen feel, where it's a shonen in its like magic system and its fights, but it tries to be deeper and deal with more uh, complicated, complex subject matter. Um, and the mo the anime is kind of a divisive one um, among both fans of the manga as well as the author herself, uh, who is not a huge fan of the adaptation. However, the adaptation was popular enough to get over a hundred episodes onto it, so clearly something went right with it at the very least, and there was an audience for it. Um, Shane, this is your first experience with D. Gray Man. Um, what did you think of the first twenty-six episodes of D. Gray Man? This is a nine out of ten concept stuck within a seven out of ten show. Oof, and it's not a very good endorsement. Really upsetting because so much of this show I absolutely fuck with. The setting, 
the concept, the power system, uh, the children of Noah and the Akuma, the Black Order and the Exorcist, the different weapons they use to fight them because of innocence. It's all it's all really great stuff. The content is superb. The production. Eh, it's like animation is mid. Uh, nothing really stands out to me in terms of direction or storyboarding. Uh, it's it, it it really sucks because I really, really like what D. Gray Man is going for. And I fuck with a lot of the conceptual stuff. I just wish it got a better adaptation at the end of the day, because this it deserves way better than this. I. Spencer, what did you think of the first season of D-Gray Man? Pretty much the same, honestly. It's a 9 out of 10 concept in a 7 out of 10 show. Um, the production isn't bad, but it, it definitely doesn't deserve as bad as it is. You know what I mean? Like, for something that, that is heralded as like one of the greatest shonen of that era, it needed more punch to it. And I, especially in this time frame, I 100% lay the blame on, on TMS. 100%. Uh, yeah, yeah um, I was going to say. Who are, doing, who are doing jack and shit else, by the way, so. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I love, like, everything about this show except for how it's animated. Like, I love the characters, I love the story, I love the concept, I love the action, I love everything about D. Gray Man, and I want so hard to give this, like, a 9 out of 10 at the end of the day, and and just put a, put, put a nice little stamp on it, say 9 out of 10, show's great, incredible, but that production is just not there. Maybe it gets better as it goes on, I don't know. I'm judging it on the 26 episodes that we see. Yeah, honestly, I want to think the same thing. But at at the end of the session, the section that we watched, it's the same from episode one that it is in episode 26. So I'm like, mm, mm -hmm. I don't know, mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. The thing holding us, uh, honestly, I think the thing holding up the production that I think the thing that at least makes the production at least. Watchable is Reiko Yoshida. Because her writing, because again, she's a great, because Reiko Yoshida is a, a fucking phenomenal writer. Um, and the, and at the very least, the one thing I can't fault the D gray man on is that, is that at the very least, it's good television. It understands structure very well. Um, it's well written. Um, it's, it's exceptionally well written, actually. Uh, it's one of those shows that is solely hold up by his writing because its production values really aren't great. I think the I think the problem here is that D. Gray Man is another situation where if you look at the manga for it, it has the the manga's artwork is nuts. It is a visual. It is a tour de force. So if you so if you so will. Um, 
and it it's one of those and it's one of the it's one of those ma- it's one of those manga that just looks incredible and has this really cool gothic atmosphere and i it's i love to see you love to see a shonen that really dis- that really leans into the gothic and the the dark fantasy oh this is my this is my favorite aesthetic mm-hmm. turn of the 20th century kind of fantasy steampunk mixed with like still clutching to that 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 kind of old west frontier style um this costumes costumes mm. this is my fucking aesthetic this is this was made for me this is me eating good when it comes to how things look that's for sure mm-hmm. uh and and however i really don't i think i think tms is to blame here now T- tms nowadays i'd argue still has this problem uh they did we stay they're the people behind dr stone and i love dr stone but dr, dr. stone had the same problem dr stone has the same problem the only other show the only shows i can think of recently that really didn't have this problem from them is honestly maybe megalobox megalobox um, yeah absolutely megalobox um, is like above and beyond yeah uh, it's megalobox but that's a collab with another studio three yep. three q uh three cube uh and maybe rent a girlfriend rent a girlfriend actually looks pretty decent honestly better than it should uh considering its material um but like they even they also did fruits basket and fruits basket's an amazing adaptation it is not a visual stunner uh that is for sure artwork wise Um, it is superb animation wise that shit does not move (laughs) and that shit does not move (laughs) you love to see it which um, is the it, it that, fruits basket though is one of the only times I'm okay with a show being a literal PowerPoint because everything else is so fucking well executed. Yeah, and now D Gray Man is not a PowerPoint. Let's let us make that clear. This is yes. not a PowerPoint. Uh, D Gray Man is not a PowerPoint. It's just very basic to look at. You know what it reminds? This is going to sound like an insult to it, and I'm very sorry. Um, but you know what? You know what? Animation wise, it reminded me of what high school DD. I can see it. I can see it. High school D, where it's never bad. Like but it has, it, it's it's never good. It's like consistently okay. Fine. It's consistently fine. You you watch, you're like, you know, this is serviceable. This can air on TV. <laughs> this is this, this is a show. Uh, that uh, um. Speaking of a show, let's talk about favorite episodes of the show. Shane, what was your favorite episode of D. Gray Man? My favorite episode out of this section was episode 26, The Beginning of the End. Which is also my choice. Which because is also what a, my choice. Let's fucking go, boys! What a, what, no, what a really fucking great finale to the season. Um, if we're, if we're watching, if we're watching this as like a seasonal show, like if this was a seasonal show, this is a fucking solid ass finale. Um, cause this pretty much, this, this, no, because fucking, okay. So the Millennium Earl is like, as a villain, cool as shit, because he's so unlike any other like shonen antagonist. Um, and, and whenever he shows up. It's always like you know shit's about to get serious. So he shows up here and just kind of wrecks shit and leaves. General Jaeger the... fucking dies. 
Yeah, Ray Yeager's fucking dead. Masterpiece Kevin Yeager. Yeah, which, which, by the way, which, by the way, I want to applaud the fact that D. Gray Man is, like, not afraid to just fuck up its characters ever. And this episode's a perfect example of that. Yeager's is gone. Yeah, no, he's okay. he, not just gone. He's fucked. He gets <laughs> fucking pummeled. He he is mentally destroyed by the end of it. He's fucking singing that song that uh, Rhodes sings, and it it ends with them talking about the heart of innocence. And oh, what a great episode! Also, my favorite part of the episode is after they. My apologies to uh, Mister Eager, but lol rip. Um. They steal all of the innocence. Yeah, Rip Bozo. They steal all the innocence he's holding, and the Millennium Earl's just like, he he yeets, and they just fucking annihilate all the innocence. I'm like, god damn, that is you flexing. Oh, it's mm, it's so effective to like establish them as really intimidating antagonists. Like, they don't even need this fucking innocence. Get the shit out of here. They're genuinely evil people like the millennium earl and and road and uh tiki meek thank you tiki meek uh (laughs) who is an interesting character in of itself and we'll get to that later but the house of noah um is genuinely intimidating because they're not human like they are noah noah is a race these fuckers are more than human. And they just do not give a shit about humanity. Nope. No, they don't. Nope. And and the fact is, is exactly, is characters can just bite it. And the whole, like, like, the whole thesis statement of D. Gray Man, at least this part and more than likely going forward, is that tragedy happens in Life is tragic. Life, I love it. It's a shonen that's literally like, yo, life sucks, bro. Life sucks, bro. bro life sucks. <laughs> that's it. It just life sucks, bro. You're gonna have to kill your your loved ones. You're gonna have, and guess what? People are gonna die, and you're gonna feel sad. But if you ever feel so sad that you plan on doing something, then you're fucking worse than they are. Don't do don't do anything, please. Just yeah. Stop. I love how this every is... every single character in this show who tries to resurrect a loved one and then turns them into an Akuma unwillingly. I love how the loved one comes back and realizes they're an Akuma, and they're like, literally every single one of them is like, "What the fuck did you do? Why? Yeah. It, okay, okay. That's why I bring up the Fumada Alchemist comparison because that feels that feels ripped. Like it feels like. I mean this in the best way possible. That Katsuda Hoshino read Fullmetal Alchemist and was like, I can do you one better. Um, and then did that. Because um, that feels very much in line with that. With, with that. And it also... It, it, oh, and she's also friends with uh, uh, the manga cover FMA. So that makes sense. Excellent. That makes sense. Um, it's like, uh, it's um, like if Ed and Al brought their mom back at the beginning of FMA as a homunculus. But instead of mm-hmm. just being a fucking husk, she was like, I'm going to fucking kill you, little brats. Why the fuck so would you do this to it's me? It's from 3 then. Exactly. Yeah. 
I was going to say, like, that happened. It's called FMA 03. Which, uh, by the way, I actually kind of like that part of FMA 03 a lot. Um, but, yeah. Did you know that Hoshino uh, gets most of her ideas falling asleep in the bath for six hours? You know what? An exception occurred. An exception occurs in the plot for for the second volume of the series, which is based on a no play called Koi no Omani. Omani, there we go. As she works, she enjoys listening to Final Fantasy soundtracks, <laughs> Dragon Ball CDs, the band's porno graffiti, Larkin CL, and jazz music. Holy shit, she has... What a fucking queen, bro. That's, that's like, a fucking literally movie. incredible. When, when I heard Final Fantasy soundtracks, I'm like, oh... That's why every character in this looks like a fucking Final Fantasy character. Hoshino like, feels grateful to the editors assisting her, owing her D. Grayman's success to them. She has also thanked her mother in some volumes of the series. The story arc involving Oma Karma proved Hoshino too difficult due to the fact it featured several characters. As a result, this arc set up some stuff that happens with Alan, um... And she's commented that the main series is tragedy, but still aims to make it fun. Additionally, once she has finished The Gray Man, she wishes to make a more lighthearted series. You guys like suffering? You guys like suffering? Let's talk about these characters, because they suffer. Who's your favorite character, Shane? Oh, come on, Shane. Fuck. We gotta have the same character. I mean, yeah. I I can't. So, so. Just say it. Just say it, Spence. One second. No. We'll do this after. Matt? Who's your favorite character? My favorite character is actually our lead. It's Alan. Alan. Okay, it's explain Alan why you think Alan is the best character. Alan is fascinating. I think when it comes to Shonen Pro Tags, I am always very, very, not picky, but they tend to blend in together. Even at their best, they're always like, the kind of characters where, like, you can very, they're very clearly kind of like a hothead or, uh, they are kind of like one note or like very loud and boisterous. Um, what's so interesting about Alan is that Alan is like not that at all. He's, he's a very quiet character. Um, he's a very kind of a mysterious character. And ha- half the fun of the show is kind of allowing yourself to get into the mindset of Alan himself and getting allowing yourself to go on his wavelength. And that makes him a fascinating character. I love characters that are almost like puzzles that you have to kind of figure out. And Alan, Alan is an extremely complicated guy with a lot going on and a lot and a very tragic, tragic origin. And I like the fact that he is not just a. I like the fact that he is so complicated because he's not. Because as a shonen pro tag, it honestly makes him one of the best, better ones I've seen. He makes him one of my favorites, actually. Um, because he's just that. In, because he's so much more dynamic and three dimensional than you would expect from this kind of character. Uh, plus, his design is fucking dope as shit. Mm-hmm. So, he looks rad. Uh, uh, he's ratted like he's one of those shonen protects that you just look at and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm down for this. Like you, you could sell a manga by him by his own, it's, um, especially after like later on when he gets the visor eye. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's that's this so cool, bro. Like that just shit's just so fucking cool. All right, 
you go talk about your favorites. Hey, hey, so so how cool is Lavi again? Lavi is the fucking coolest, bro. Lavi is the he's my runner up, by coolest, the way. I love Lavi. Lavi was my runner up because Lavi. Bookman Jr., pain. the coolest. Uh, um, fucking goat. The fucking goat. Little Big Hammer, or Big Little Hammer? Three. I was forget Three things about Lavi is why mm-hmm. I like him the most. One, mm-hmm. he's the trickster. He's he he's the he's the the cocky jokester character, which I always have a soft spot for those kinds of characters. Two, his design is incredible. He looks like Renji. He literally looks like Renji. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a bad thing. There's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing because <laughs> Renji is the man. Yeah. And three, his fucking weapon. <laughs> his weapon is so cool, bro. The fact that he has what is an amalgamation of the Pico Pico hammer that Amy has in Sonic the Hedgehog that can big grow, hammer, little hammer that's that can called. grow to obscene sizes, but also it's a power pole. Oh, yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, uh, I fucking I do appreciate that Lavi is there. Because D. Gray Man, as we mentioned, is a very heavy show compared to other shonen. And Lavi's there to be like, hey, hey, what a fun, happy, fun times. He brings uh, the levity when people are facing traumatic experiences. He's like, hey, what's up, short stack? Mind if I jump in? Or say, what? Is that an enemy? Big hammer, boink. <laughs> Big hammer, little hammer. Grow, grow, grow. My favorite thing about his weapon, though, is that he specifically stays down no matter how big it gets. It's the same weight. I'm like, that's and, literally busted, dude. Well, well, is, he, can, he can literally create f- like a hammer the size of a mountain and just fucking squash somebody. Just fuck it. Want. Just make it Gordon so, Lagan shit. Make it like super Tengen. You know what? I, okay. I, you know what? Actually, that is busted because you know what I would do? Fuck, fucking send Lavi to the Earl himself and just squash him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why don't they just do that? Because that so, clearly would work. So the thing is, so slight tangent. So in um the world of D Grayman, people ec- exorcists use innocence. Okay? And the use the user of an innocence is called an accommodator. And the little hammer big hammer or as it is known in Japan, uh, Tetsui or Iron Hammer um uh is the innocence of Lavi. So it's more likely that because he's the accommodator, the the hammer doesn't weigh anything, but if somebody else was to pick up the hammer, it would probably weigh an astronomical amount. He just doesn't get it. He's just like, yeah, whatever, I don't care, you know, big hammer, little hammer, I can fucking fly with this thing by extending the handle to an infinite degree, I can make a big hammer, a little hammer, it's, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Um, He's just so full of life. And the crazy thing is that he was originally supposed to be a a minor character that was supposed to show up and kind of leave. But um, Hoshino loved him so much and especially liked his design because it was really easy to draw. Uh, Guy has an eye patch. Guy has a scarf. Guy has a bandana, which, as I found out when reading, like, like 
and like watching like lore stuff is fucking custom made for him. Mm-hmm. I, That's I, a part of his uniform. I swear there is a Final Fantasy character that looks just like him, whose name uh, is like. He Slipknot. looks like a Final Fantasy eight character. What the. F- he does. Literally, no, he, there's literally a Final Fantasy character that looks just like him with the red hair and the bandana and everything. I just can't remember who it is. He's I know from who you're talking ten. about. What the fuck? He's from 10? He's from eight. 10 or 8. Let me see. Um, It's it, it's not fucking Waka. No. No. It's not, it's not Waka. If it was Waka, I'd be like, he's Waka. He's fucking Lobby's not black. Lobby's so. not black it's not waka it has to be eight then it has to be there it is yeah he looks at he's from eight right uh i think so eight then or it's or i'm just getting men mixed up uh fuck no whatever he 100 percent looks like fucking a final fantasy character that i know and that's what upsets me is he he looks like god yeah i I know exactly Right, you're talking about just on the tip of your tongue, but you can't name it. Yeah, and 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 then you realize that fucking Hoshino is like, oh shit, she's just a fucking massive Final Fantasy nerd. Just vibes in the bath to FF soundtracks. Mood. Six hours taking a nap in a bath for six. Taking a nap in a bath. Let's sleep with the fishes. I had a dream. I had a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Also, your favorite manga. You want to know what a favorite manga is? Dragon Quest: The Adventure of Die. Okay. All she's, right. She's just an RPG fan. She's a, she's a female Togashi. You dropped apparently- you drop this queen. It's a crown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Let's talk about least favorites though, because there's some <laughs> assholes in this show that deserve some roasting. Uh, Shane, who's your least favorite? I'm gonna. This is this is one of those Shane choices that I'm gonna have to justify. Um, oh no. My least, my least favorite character is Captain Komui. I can understand why. I because don't agree. This but fucking I can... guy. Because How do you he's not know who incompetent. It's J. Michael Tatum. It's J. Michael Tatum. <laughs> I don't give a shit. He's bad at his job. He has a sister complex. He's literally violent towards anyone who tries to even attempt to be in lena lee's life he's a bad influence he blows up the black order hq multiple times almost gets alan killed on multiple occasions like this man is just incompetent at life and also kind of an incessant dickbag at the same time and also a weirdo also weirdo (laughs) not even the good kind of weirdo the weirdo who would get a fucking restraining order uh I forgot, by the way, just... I forgot that he had a sister complex. Now that you mentioned that... No, no, yeah. oh no. That, I 100% knew. Do you know what Lena Lee's name is? Like, her, her full name? It's Lena Lee Lee. It's Lena Lee Lee. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that uh, Hoshino did that to be funny, I would imagine. She is Chinese. Yeah, very, yeah. Alright. Uh, She's just that, Chun-Li, dude. You know what? Yeah, uh, uh, Lena Lee Lee. You know what? Lena Lee Lee. Th- there might, you know, Hoshino, that might be a little racist. I don't know. I don't um, I mean, Kamui Lee is his is her brother. Yeah, true. Sh- Spencer, who's your least favorite? Uh, I'll go with the. 
the, th fuck it. This is going to be a, a Shane pick. Uh, I'm going to go with the little kids from the village that was stuck in time. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're dick. They're assholes. I hate they <laughs> those fuckers. I wanted are... to punch him, bro. I Literally. wanted to punch him as well. How dare you? That that um, God, what's her name? Miranda. Again? Miranda. Miranda. Really? She's just she's just doing her fucking best, dude. And you're just ah, oh, God, you're 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 dick bags. And I've never in a while I've not wanted to punt a kid as much as I have with those kids. Um, Literally every time they were on screen and they were actively ridiculing Miranda. I was like, where are your parents? Because they would be beating your ass right now. M Miranda is this a This would literally be okay? like, this. Would, I have never seen an anime condone child abuse before, but I'm fine with this if it's, it's these kids. Yeah. Voiced by Colleen Clinton. We do not condone like. child abuse on the gap, by the way. That was a joke no. for legal purposes. For legal purposes, we do not. However, Mar Miranda is a cinnamon bun, and how dare you insult her? And also, her innocence power is fucking dope, dude. The the fucking rewinding clock, yeah. yeah the grandfather clock, sick. The grandfather sick clock, shit. it's rad. Honestly, that arc, that standalone arc, might be my favorite in the whole show. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. It's genuinely fantastic. Actually, I was really into it. Also, that's oh god, I forgot that that's what it's called. Do you want? When she sets up that like shield that makes time stop, do you want to mm -hmm. know what that's called? It's what probably that, something what? stupid, knowing how they name powers in the, the show. name of that attack is called timeout. That's that's cool, actually kind of that's clever. That's clever. I it's like called that. timeout. You know, um, and and you know. there's t time record, which is when she uh, uses it like a disc, and she okay. can basically that's like less cool. And time recovery, which is basically she sets up a time zone where anything in it will recover and revert to its original state, which is basically what she used to heal um, Alan and, and Lena Lee. Lena Lee, yeah. But Honestly, time out is a sick name. I just think of power names in this show, and my I just always come back to dark boots. Yes, and, and I'm like Lena Lee's. That is uh, so innocence. stupid. But it's like wonderfully stupid. I love yeah. it. Dark boots. Power she itself is cool, but God, that name. Waltz uh, Mistwind. Waltz Mistwind. All That's right. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to go with Shane's answer. Uh, Kamui Lee, because I actually kind of forgot about the sister complex because I blocked it out because yeah, that's it's a weird. No -no. It's really um, weird. It's weird. And yeah, so I didn't like it. So you. Um... Uh, so I so yeah, I'm gonna go with him because he's a weirdo and I don't like him. Uh, he's a weirdo. All right, so let's uh oh wait, let's talk about some things that that we liked, didn't like stuff and uh, uh stuff and all. Um, Shane, anything in particular you want to bring up that you liked, didn't like? Well, the first the first thing that really stuck out to me upon starring the show is its setting and more specifically the time period because mm -hmm. it's a, it's like alternate universe turn of the 19th century. It's got that very distinct, like, Victorian meets steampunk, but also has gothic vibes to it. It's it's a really cool setting for a show like this because it gives it a lot of personality that shows like this don't usually have. Because most of them are just, like, 
Japan or Weird Fantasy World? <laughs> Japan, Weird Fantasy World? Uh, Japan, Weird Fantasy World or 1920s Germany? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, uh, this, this, has, this has no 1920s Germany, no Weird Fantasy World, and they don't go to Japan once. They're it's stationed set in, in England, right? Like it's set I'm in the sure. UK slash Western Europe, yeah. Because yeah. at at the end they go to Poland and uh, Belgium. Uh, yeah. So like, this is a hundred percent Eurocentric. Like this is based in like England, real world shit. No fucking Japan. No no taking place in a Japanese high school or taking place in ancient Edo period Japan. This is just good old fashioned alternate history, dark fantasy y- Europe. And that's my fucking jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, great setting. This is going to make me sound like a real basic bitch, but... Uh, upon starting this show and uh, getting a feel for the vibe and the the location and everything, you say I was it's like, like Bungo. No, I was going to say, hmm, getting some distinct Bloodborne vibes from this, except like way less <laughs> grotesque. A man but who has you, only played Bloodborne as his only piece That's of why media. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I get a Bloodborne vibes from this. Man who has only played Persona 5. I'm getting some real Persona 5 vibes from this. That's but also, you're you're 100% tr- correct, though. Because Bloodborne, Bloodborne was also based in that, like, Edgar Allan Poe, H.P. Lovecraft, turn of the century gothic style. Victorian gothic. aesthetic, yeah. Victorian, um, Bram Stoker's Dracula comes to mind, especially with... There's a literal Mr. vampire! Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, who is... That, who is who is totally not Alistair Crowley, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what D-Gray Man reminds me of? Um, it's the anime version of, like, a like a fucking, like, prime of his career Tim Burton aesthetic. Yeah. 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 Oh, like, we're talking, it, we're, we're talking Sleepy Hollow. Uh, we're talking, like, Batman Returns. We're talking, like... Corpse Bride, if you remember that, mm-hmm. um, bro. Like we're talking that, like, ter- like, like prime Sweeney Todd, prime of his career, Tim Burton. You can see um, that in a lot of the character designs too, specifically those of the Akuma and mm-hmm. the Millennium Earl in particular. The Millennium mm-hmm. Earl looks like a character from Nightmare Before Christmas. He looks like the mayor from Nightmare Before Christmas, literally. He yeah, if he had a goblin mask on. Yeah, and also if he was a fucking psycho. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, which I want to actually like bounce off of that for a second and talk about how good of a villain the Millennium Earl is. Because um, this guy is a fucking creep, but I also kind of love him. Voiced uh, by Jason Liebrecht. Yeah, Jason, Jason Liebrecht, who's giving a great performance. He's fantastic as him. Um, uh, but I really I that Millennium Earl is such a different kind of villain for Shonen because he's just like so weird and kind of creepy and nasty. But at the same time, uh, he has he's like the Joker in that he's also very funny in a in a, in a weird, bizarre way. Uh, we talked has, about uh, sorry, but sorry, uh, we, we we talked about um, when they were destroying the innocence that Jaeger had and fucking he like throws the innocence like like a baseball and he just hits it with um Lelo Lelo and just like goes oh 
you know, the distance w w was kind of low, but uh, I sure got it with the power. It's like, this man's insane. He, yeah, he's insane. He, he, he walks that really fine line between being a super intimidating villain and being just an absolute goofball. Like, he's got both in spades, and it's really balanced. Like, one second, he's that, like, really creepy ma criminal mastermind who's, like, pulling all the Akuma strings, and it's like, now, now it will be our time. And then the the in the next scene, he's, like, berating Road for stealing Lero Lero and being like, now, Road, you know what happens when you're a naughty girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, and, and I thought, yeah, Malayam Earl's a great villain, and I really like that. And it leans into the aesthetic, like you said, with all the with his design and all the different care uh, the characters here. And I and the some the one I want to like the other thing I want to bring up that I really liked is the dub. Uh, dub is very good here, across the board. Uh, this was a this is a prime Fooney dub because literally everybody who was anybody at the time was in this mm -hmm. uh, starring such names as Lucy Christian, Travis Willingham, J. Michael Tatum, Jason Liebrecht canceled. <laughs> yeah, canceled as as the lead and uh, many others. As many others. And unfortunately, is, Cancelled gives a really good performance, I was, so I, I can't say, not can. <laughs> he, he may be Cancelled in the year of our Lord 2022, but in 2006, Cancelled gave the fucking uh, role, uh, like, voice <laughs> of his life. Like, what yeah. a great role that Cancelled does. Yeah, um, fucking. Uh, incredible. Fucking, uh, yeah, fuck it. But the dub overall is pretty fantastic. Jason Liebrich vo voices two characters. Yeah, he voices yeah. two of the best characters. He is Lavi yeah. and the Money Merle. And they're yeah, completely he's... different performances. It's yeah. incredible. It's incredible. Who's, uh, uh, who's, who's sorry, uh, who's Travis Willingham again? He's you, he, Conda. Yeah. He's you, Conda. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Who apparently his good stuff doesn't come to like much later on. So, uh, but uh, but in any but in any case, uh, fuck it. Uh, the dub is very good. Spencer, anything you want to bring up in particular that you like? Um, I know he's going to bring up the music. The music is really oh. gothic. It's mm -hmm. really, it's the mu. It's it's the it's the Kingdom Hearts guy. So. It is the Kingdom Hearts guy, and it shows, and it's really, really good, and it's really, even if the music wasn't incredible, which it is, it fits the, the aesthetic, you know what I mean? Like, like, it fits the world that it lives in, it doesn't feel anachronistic, it feels like it belongs in this world. And it's all like these sweeping orchestrals and piano pieces, and you know some some pieces are very very subtle, some pieces are very bombastic, and and it just is so good. And I can listen to this OST for hours because I I think genuinely it feels like it's a good mix between like a Kingdom Hearts and a Final Fantasy, like an RPG soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Uh, the composer also did recently his most recent work is Tesla Note. Remember that? 
Yo, but the music was good in Tesla Note. <laughs> yeah, he did Tesla Note. He also did the music for Asura's Wrath, which I'm pretty sure. Oh my fucking well. god, dude! Like, <laughs> like, like the video game? Yes. Yeah, the video game. The video game developed by Capcom. Yes. And CyberConnect and CyberConnect game where you two. play. Game where you play as big buff man fights in Hindu god. I have, scream. I have. <laughs> I have played, I think I played about an hour of a series. It's rap. just an anime, bro. And I loved it's it. But just was, an anime. It's just an but anime where like, you yeah, press some just, buttons from time to time. <laughs> just an, oh, so it's like a fucking anime with some QGs character in there? It stabs you with a sword, which then goes through the earth and keeps going. But then you take that sword and you throw it back at them. Why have I not played this game before? You need to play this game, dude. You fight a god game. who throws universes at you, and you eat them. I need to play this game. Like, god, I, this will, game, I will launch Steam and see how much This it is. game is... this game. You know what this game is? This game is basically what if Gurren Lagann meets Fist, uh, like Fists of the North Star. You Pretty keep much. on selling me on this game. I'm already sold. I don't yeah. understand why you haven't played it. I feel like because there's a Spen I, Spencer game. That's the thing. Be, genuinely, because up until like two years ago, I had never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, because it didn't sell well. Uh, so uh, and it, it will never return ever. Yeah, because it sold like poo poo. Um, uh, but uh, but but yeah. D, so uh, Shane, anything else you wanted to like, talk about that you didn't like in D Gray Man? Uh, I mean, the big one is obviously the fucking production, which sours a lot of the goodwill that I have for the show, unfortunately. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's a because it, it look because it's it, it's a it's I don't know. It's not necessarily messy. It's just very standard fare. First thing, and, um, that, and that, that's the thing that gets me. It's like this series deserved such a better adaptation than it got. Like D. Grayman as a a story as a concept warrants a top tier anime, and this unfortunately is not that, and it's really really sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. And and what's interesting is that Hoshino was a, very critical of the anime, and it's likely because of the production. More than likely, that would not be shocked. Uh, if she, uh, it would not be true. I, I, I have a feeling that she probably was not a fan of how it turned out animation wise. And that really, and it, it, I, I totally get it because like the animation isn't great and it really kind of sucks because I'm a big fan of the actual material and the writing here. So like, I feel like that there's a lot positive going for it. Otherwise, Spencer, anything you want to bring up that you didn't like or. I mean, same basic concept of uh of uh I wish it got a better production honestly uh it deserved so much better and I it it's 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 genuinely upsetting to me because of the, because of how good this show is, 
it should genuinely, this entire discussion should be about two minutes of just the three of us going, yes, just a 9 out of 10. Just easy 9 out of 10. Watch the show, it's great. But instead, it's like, it's a 9 out of 10 idea. It's a 7 out of 10 production. And, and that's what kills me. Because I, I genuinely think that if this got, like, a Brotherhood-type treatment, that it could be the perfect shonen 9 out of 10. Unfortunately, we now live in an era where shonen is not as cut and dry as it was back in the early 2000s. So it's... I don't think it will ever get it. it well, it got it hollow. It got hollow, and hollow did pretty well. Uh, did albeit it? hollow was a sequel. Hollow just followed up on the original series. I have a feeling... The thing about D. Grayman is that D. Grayman... It's I D Gray Man. If you if you have to readapt it, you would have it would be a long runner. That's the yeah. thing. It would have no, to you be would, a you long have one. to be. It would have to be long. And runner. no, and that's a monkey's paw because I kept asking for a readaptation of Shaman Kane, and look what happened there. Don't so, remind me, Matt. Please, that is true. I was so upset with that. Now I. I do think that this is a better adaptation than uh, the, the new version. Of I was going to say, at least that this has that going for it. It is better than the new Shaman King, which uh... I think I think the thing that that really gets to it and Shane can talk more about it um, is in our side chat. Uh, Shane said, I think Blood Brothers got a better adaptation at points. I, I legitimately feel that way. Like there were points in black blood brothers where i was like you know what they're kind of snapping with this animation yo this is a really interesting this is really interesting framing like it it, it just had so much more effort put into it even though i think this hands down blows black blood brothers out of the water i don't necessarily know if it got the better adaptation honestly because there were several points in that show, where I was genuinely impressed with what they were doing, I can't say the same here. And that's more upsetting than I want to lead on because I still think yeah. this is way better than that. Hmm. All right, like, final scores time. Well, Spencer went to the bathroom. Oh, he did. Damn, fucking Spencer, man. Well, th there was something else I was going to say that I can't remember. Um, God. Nah, brain, head empty. Head empty. It, it, the, the thought has left the building. It's yeah, no it's, longer there. It's gone. It's just gone. The other thing, the only thing I want to bring up is that uh you know is that I is that it's it is that not necessarily negative or positive. Um is the fact that for is that this is a me thing. I find the fact that D, I think Internally, I think the fact that Deke Rayman isn't done mm -hmm, kind mm -hmm. of maybe hindered my enjoyment of it a bit because I knew watching it, I'm like, this is not going to get done. Like, none of this is going to get resolved uh, ever because uh, the anime ends on a from what I from what I have read, from what I've been told from a big from a friend of mine who's a big fan of the manga that the anime ends on that the original anime ended on a cliffhanger, then Hollow picked up where it left off. And then Hollow ended on a cliffhanger. Um, and the manga's still ongoing. 
Uh, and Hoshino just kind of writes chapters whenever she wants. Yeah. Uh, so the fa- it, it's a Hunter Hunter situation for me. If you're going to get into D. Gray Man, you have to recognize that this is never going to get done. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you're, yeah, that you're probably never going to get closure. You're never going to get uh, the end to the story. You're never going to figure out what happens to peeps. You just have to accept the fact that it, it's it's never going to finish. And that kind of sucks, frankly. The, th- uh, the, the thought has re-entered the building, Matt. I can't, I can't believe it. it has re-entered my brainial tissue. First time it's ever happened. What I was going to say is because of its adaptation being as underwhelming as it is, I would say if you're going to experience D. Grayman, watch <laughs> at your own... What's the word? Watch at your own risk, knowing that it might not be as good production-wise as you want it to be. Or just read the manga. Because I feel like this is one of those shows where the manga is going to be better in every way. So if you really want to experience this story for what it truly is, I would say bypass the anime altogether. Just go straight for the manga, which, ironically is all on the Shonen Jump app, which you can uh, use for only $2 a month and get access to uh, tens of thousands of different uh, manga chapters from all of your favorite Shonen Jump series. Yeah. Um, It doesn't have all of it, though. Some of it hasn't been. It only has what's been officially released in English. From what I understand, Um, they're only missing one volume. Yeah, they're miss. They are missing the they are missing. Uh. Uh, what they are there? I think they're they're missing they're missing uh all the chapters that had. Well, there's the there's a there's a they uh, haven't released a new volume in Japan in two years. So yeah, so they're only that that's the only one they're missing. Otherwise, they have all of it. So yeah, honestly, um, I would say just don't bother with the anime. Download the Shonen Jump app and just read it on there, and you will probably be on way there. better off. Yeah, it's. For it look like the art have you seen you've seen the artwork from it right Shane? i actually so. was kind of flipping through the manga while i was watching this and who boy <laughs> the, the artwork's fantastic right the fma parallels just keep growing because man that art looks very very similar to arakawa's what if they what if they make what if the bones does a D Gray Man adaptation? Bro, let's just get Bones to do every fucking anime. I mean, well th- that's what we said about Mappa, and then Mappa f- came out that they were being overworked. So if we do the same with Bones, the same thing's gonna happen there. Yeah, but like here's the thing. Bones has actual good management and treats their employees with respect. At least better than Mappa does. Yeah, it's better. What even then, Mappa, Mappa straight up had. They just started to try. They started to have too much on their plate. Instead of being sensible human beings and going, no, I don't think we can do this adaptation right now. You know, we have five or six shows going on this year. They went, sure, I guess I'll do it and work our animators to the bone. But now, according to industry insiders it actually is a lot better at mappa like it 
it it it is an infinitely better work working environment mm-hmm. than like last year, two years ago. Alright. Final scores time. I would say sure. so. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. Spencer, what do you give the first twenty six episodes of D Gray Man? I give it a, I said nine out of ten concepts, seven out of ten production, raise one, lower one, eight out of ten. And I feel comfortable Alrighty. with that. Alrighty, eight out of ten for you. Shane? I'm actually going to be a little harsh on this because I really love what the show is trying to accomplish. But man, I, I just can't get over how mid of an adaptation this really is. <laughs> this man said mid. It's uh, D gray mid. Um, <laughs> I mean, like I said, Oof. just like I said, don't even bother with the anime. Just read the manga, and you're probably way better off. So, is this I, a Black Clover situation? I, Black Clover got good though. Um, well, I, I, D, I don't know if D gray. I heard Hollow gets uh, Hollow's good, but that was also made like eight years later. Yeah. So. I'm going to go with the seven. I'm going to go high seven for concept, characters, and antagonists alone. Because I honestly, like I said in our side chat, the content is excellent. Like, really Mm -hmm. love the content on display here. Man, I just wish it got a better anime. And that that that's all I can say at the end of the day. All right, I I am going to give it a very kind of light, but still respectable eight out of ten because I like what's here so much that I can't help but really appreciate. I can't help but want to love it. Um, and I'm def and and I'm definitely reading the manga now. That's for sure. Mm-hmm, that's what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Um, however. I just do wish I wish the production didn't look I, I, I wish the production didn't look like it was made on the budget of like five dollars. Um, mm-hmm. So. Which. Is definitely an issue, uh, but with that, um, uh, we'll uh, the that I had a brain fart there with that. Let's move on to our next feature anime of the podcast, which is. Our choice from me and Shane, if you don't know how this works, we rotate every podcast between our choice between me and Shane and the randomizer. D. Gray Man was on the randomizer, so it's time for a pick from me and Shane. It's Shane's turn to pick. So, Shane, what are we doing for the first podcast of Sports Month 2022? Because it is Sports Month going into this. Sports Month, baby! So, yeah, a couple things to preface this. Um, It is Sports Month. And if you're not familiar with that, every year in the month of July, we cover nothing but sports shows because the summer is prime season for sports antics. Uh, and we love sports anime here at The Gap. So next podcast is the first of uh, uh, the fourth, the third annual, third it's annual, third annual third sports annual. month. Um, And also, <laughs> we we kind of lucked out because originally we were going to have two sports randomizers and one pick, which would be Matt's. Uh, but because of the recent schedule delay, I actually managed to get a sports pick, which mm, I'm starting this shit off strong. This is a show that 
I absolutely loved when it aired. On the Gawa Jet Girls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Unstentioned, um, of course. <laughs> this is a show that I absolutely loved when it was airing. Could not sing its praises enough, along with Spencer. Mm-hmm. One that I've wanted to talk about on this podcast for years, and because of the schedule delay, now that I have a sports pick, prime time to discuss it. So next time, we are going to be talking about Run With The Wind. I'm very excited to finally finish this. That means Matt's finally going to watch it from start to end. Yeah, finally! I'm finally going to fucking finish it. And I can probably cry. I'm just... I I cried a lot of things. Dude, Matt, you're going to cry. You're going to cheer. You're going to smile. You're going to jump up and down. What a... Oh... The, mm, Shane, my boy, we get to fucking finally talk about Run with the Wind. No, I got, I got you, I got you. I'm, I'm, I, I can finally watch the dub because I didn't watch the dub. I watched the sub. I started out. watching the dub when it was coming out weekly, and ooh, that dub's good. Okay, good. I'm excited then. It's modern. Sen- it's-, it's modern Sentai. So modern Sentai. Yes. Uh, Matt will get to meet. My beautiful little bishy boy, Prince. who is my favorite character. I've met him. I have met him. So he's the best, and he gets better. And all the characters are great because it takes place in college instead of high school, so they're all like adults, and he gets to deal with adult stuff. Great. And also for context, uh, to talk more about the pedigree of the show, uh, I gave this best ED of the year in the uh, year end awards. The first ED or second ED? The first ED, the one with hygiene. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 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 Both are excellent, but both are excellent. That hygiene ED was ugh, masterpiece. Mmm. Mmm. Alrighty. So let's go and wrap things up. I'm your host, Matt. AKA Legion Rex. You can find me on Twitter at Legion Rex as well as on YouTube at Legion Rex. And you can find also all the affiliated links for the places I write at on my Twitter. You can also find Shane, uh, AKA the Bearded One, on Twitter at Beauty Gaming Network um, as well as on YouTube, uh, the same name where he posts podcasts, let's plays, uh, gameplay videos, unboxings, a bunch of other stuff. He also streams on Twitch at Beauty Gaming Network every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, uh, from 7 to 10. Uh, on the day this goes up, he should be playing Yakuza 6. I, um, he started that on Wednesday. Spencer. And I'm very excited. Spencer. Yes. Live yes, chat. <laughs> I have yeah. not laughed harder at a video game than Kiryu two finger typing, typing. How, yep. it's, how it's growing to a grown it's, woman it's no. growing yes. my favorite yes. part of live chat yes. is it's genuinely live action so mm-hmm. you have this fucking anime ass old man two hand, two finger typing on a keyboard next to this genuine fucking Japanese porn star and it's the funniest thing Shane and had to censor it on Twitch it's, obviously uh, it's, obviously it's so, it was so okay, funny wait, time out. which girl did did you go for did you go for the cute one or the sexy one sexy one okay i went for cute um hey who's to say we won't do both i'm just saying 
I did uh, both. Shane's going to get censored next you, time. Okay, <laughs> genuine story before we end the podcast. Uh, this was back when my room w- was the office, okay? And I was playing Yakuza 6, and I got to that stuff. And I would constantly glance to the side yep. to make sure that my parents weren't looking at the game or w- downstairs or walking in. Because it is impossible to explain that away. I literally... Like, no. I I was literally playing it um and just fucking dying at the absurdity and I had a mini heart attack cuz I heard someone come down the stairs I was like oh god if it's if it's my mom I'm going to fucking flip it, it was bones but still okay. it was like it, it was still. like that's like that sudden anxiety of like oh god my mom's going to walk in on me playing the fucking Japanese porn game <laughs> It would it would be you know it, it's like you know you know what at that point it's easy to just say it's porn than yeah. to actually try to explain True, what the fuck like, is happening. It's impossible. Exactly, it's impossible to explain away. And Shane, you aren't even at the baseball or the baby football. I'm sorry, what, Matt? Baby this football. Ba- the, the, they play ba- They play football with the baby, and not baby. like oh, the baby plays football. Like no. The like baby, the, the baby is, is the, football. the football. This is the greatest game ever made. <laughs> and oh, and you're also about to witness. And also, at some point, you are going to witness the return. Uh, so a lot of old characters return in this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you remember Pocket Circuit guy? Oh, not Pocket Circuit Fighter. Yes. No, he's a comeback. Idiot is a six. The song of life. Jesus Christ! I hope you get to do the Oni the Onimichi mascot stuff where you get oh, to God. beat the shit out of hooligans in a mascot costume. costume. Yep, and you get to I control hope. Kiryu in the mascot costume, talking about how he misses his wife. <laughs> yep, dude, Yak is a six, man. Yakuza 6 is is the perfect production. That's what D Gray Man should have gotten. Mm-hmm. With me, I have my co-host Spencer. You can find him on Twitter at Barry Burton with two, two E's. E's. He likes a lot of funny pictures and cosplay, as well mm-hmm. as he's the home fan page of the Cincinnati Bengals and the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes, I am. Uh, uh but yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, said hopefully you enjoyed this very long podcast, longer yes. than our usual ones. We had a lot to talk about this week, and I hope you see you next time. For run with the wind. Excellent. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to The Gap. If you like what you've seen, you can subscribe to The Gap Podcast YouTube channel to get the latest podcasts as they go live. Be sure to like and comment and let us know what you guys think of the show. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Don't get that